I've just been texted by my mate John Williams, who listens to this podcast. The composer. Congratulations, Star Wars. Frankfurt have taken, th- they've taken thirty thousand Barcelona. Thirty thousand away. Apparently. Yeah, thirty thousand away. That's great. Uh, that's more than Salford. It's bigger than that's bigger than the Liberty. That is. That's a lot of buses, mate. <laughs> that is. A lot of Hills Tradiga going there. We always used to look out for Hills Tradiga buses whenever we went away as a family. Yeah. They were like John's for selling. There you go. Edward was the one. <laughs> is it? That's really mm. funny, isn't it? Some sort of solidarity with a bus that happens to be from about an hour away. My friend Claire went out with Edward's coach's son, who was used to call Ted. Must be a coin off that, old Ted. I bet. They did well there. They, doing like the, the Welsh, they did the Welsh team and all that sort of stuff. I told you about the drive the other day when I came back from the airport. No, go on. Oh, phenomenal. So, when I did the House of Games. Yeah. When I came back that day, and obviously it had all gone tits up with EasyJet. Yeah, yeah. I get back to Bristol early, early. Like I said, like you know, early, half past three or something. Okay. Got back here about five o'clock in the morning. But the bloke driving me back from the executive car place, really, really nice, top of the range, Mercedes S class, right? I didn't pay for it. Lovely. And they get chat with him. What a young bloke. And he's like, uh, oh, we do a lot of this sort of thing. We got, we got like... 2.30, uh, you started talking to him. Well, I, I, I was buzzing with this point. I had about nine coffees. Oh, absolutely yeah. fine. And, he, <laughs> and, he, and he'd gone on for a nap, so it was all good. He said, we do a lot of the TV stuff that goes out of Bristol. We do a lot of film stuff in the West Country. We do, we do all Glastonbury. Oh, okay. Main stage. I said, all right, then who's, who's the best person you've had in, in a car? Yes. He said, well, he said, well, this car. I said, yeah, go on, let's start with this car. He said, Snoop Dogg. Lovely. I said, Whoa. fuck off. He nice. said, no, no, straight up. I said, really? He said, yes, that were you. I know, Snoop Dogg. I said, bloody brilliant. I said, I said, tell me, please tell me. He was having a smoke. And he, and he said, we had an email saying, please be advised that Snoop will need it to be a smoking car. <laughs> and, and he will be smoking marijuana. So like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> all good, all good. <laughs> it's Snoop, isn't it? I just want the window well, Don, down if that's right. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton? Dolly nice. Parton, Snoop. Kenny Rogers, I think it'd be. He said basically anyone on the main stage in the last ten years at Glastonbury, yeah, wow. has been in one of our cars. I was like, oh my god, superb! But I've been in, I've been in the same car as Snoop, albeit not at the same time. He, Snoop commentated on the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Junior boxing he match. Did did he? He did on Triller. And at one stage, he said, "This is like watching two of my uncles fighting at a barbecue." <laughs> Sounds perfect. That's spot on. He's apparently really funny. I, I haven't seen his commentary. I bet he's wicked company. Although the amount of weed he smokes, he probably becomes quite dull in the early hours. I would think. Oh yeah, imagine he crashes hugely. Yeah, yeah, massively yeah. repetitive yeah. at about two a.m. I got a really funny story for you, Mike. Is, is oh. it the same when you told me three times already tonight? Cheers, Snoop. <laughs> I reckon he's one of those people though, who can just keep going all day and all night, and it yeah. doesn't affect him. I you think? Yeah. Well, he's, he's had so much marijuana. Mate, he played me one of his songs the other day, and I'm not really a big... I mean, I'm, I'm aware of his work, and I know the bigger stuff, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I was a Snoop fan of his music, right? I like the stuff I've heard. He played me one of his ones from uh, the album Doggy Style, around yeah. 1999. Yes, yes. Featuring the lyric, Lick My Balls. Something like, you've licked my balls. I was just started laughing, going, in fact, he didn't release that. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, I said fair play. And then, but my mate had never heard the Isaac Hayes chocolate salty balls off from South Park. Oh, great, great uh, tune. Yeah. I said, mate, if you like, if you like Snoop getting his balls licked, we're doing this. I love this. <laughs> Very good tune, that. Oh, it's brilliant. Really catchy. Wicked bass line, wicked everything, yeah. Yeah. And it's Isaac Hayes, isn't it? So. Yeah. Stick him in your mouth and suck up. Yeah. Why not? Free country, isn't it? 
Is it bollocks? Is Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit of bit of politics I've, for you from. Two I've weeks read ago. the fucking Magna Carta. I can do what I want. I am a free man of this country. Listen, I've read the Magna Carta, but from what I understand, that you that means you can't stop me from doing nothing. That's not what it means. No. I refuse to appreciate your right over my extension, because due to Magna Carta, I <laughs> oh fuck off, will you, mate? It's getting knocked down. Whatever you say, we're knocking it down, you prick. I do not recognise your authority. Do you recognise the bulldozer? We don't care. We recognise your address. <laughs> and You do not have planning permission. Your lack of planning consent. <laughs> you built over a drain out the back. It's coming down. The Magna Carta was signed in 1215, yeah. and we've had other laws since then. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Magna Carta's reference to uh, access to sewage. <laughs> Woefully inadequate, wasn't it? (laughs) Where's the same Magna Carta? I can't have it within 900 millimetres of a drain. What? I love those pearls. Always printing out stuff on the internet to stick on their front door so they can like live in a squat for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Knock, knock, knock. I refuse to answer. (laughs) Bang. (laughs) You are trespassing. (laughs) I can watch those clowns all day long. Have you ever been to a squat? Uh, No, I imagine that. I was just wondering, you no. struck me as somebody who might have been to a squat party. Me? Yeah, well, just like as in during your... What, to shut one down? <laughs> no, I just got the vibe that you would have just been up for any kind of party. Oh, yeah. And that I would mean, have taken I, I, you anywhere. I might have gone to a... I never, I never knowingly went to a squat party. I might have ended up in one, yeah. OK. It was a very, very big thing. Big squatting scene in all major cities. Yeah. And, but we're all a bit young for that. That's, it was a yeah. really big 80s thing. There's a there's a street in Camberwell, Camberwell Grove, huge like Georgian terraced houses. They were all yeah. squats in the eighties. It's mad, isn't it? There's a big squatting scene in Swansea. It was the thing you did if you moved to London and you didn't have a job, you would just you would live in a squat and yeah. that's what I love. The only squat I was doing in the nineties was like two hundred and fifty K, mate. Arse <laughs> on the floor as well, proper ones. Mark Steele lived in a squat. I remember talking to him about that when he moved to London in the sort of early eighties. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't like shit. I don't. I couldn't do that. I would just want a front door on my toilet. I just don't like. I'm with Michael. I don't like sharing. I don't like hot seating. I, I, I can't go to toilet when someone's hot bed. On no. I definitely don't want to live in. A, you know, God no. I couldn't do that. No. Well, I wouldn't want the stress of like when you when you're in a squat. You you got precious few rules. I'd imagine. You know, if you're with some scruffy honourable bastard, what can you do about it? Nothing much, because you shouldn't be there either. I'll tell you what's stressful is uh, Wales are playing Holland in Rotterdam, and Guion Harding, who does all of the logistics and yes. organises all the hotels and the travel, and he's organised the flights, and he always organises the tickets. He can't organise the tickets on Wednesday when they are released. Okay. And he said, listen, is anyone free to do this? No, and no one, in, on you, is it? no one in our big WhatsApp group got back to him, and I am free on Wednesday. Oh, no, 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 no. This I'm will free. Go, this and will I, go wrong. And I said, "All right, then I could do it, Quiz." He's just said, "He just sent me a message." I'm going to translate it. Uh, FYI, trying to get ten tickets together is stressful. Fastest button wins. It's their choice because it's their system. Yeah. Um, if we are getting this, if we're all in the same row. Um, and then you have to add every member, um, uh, the, all the of their unique in. FAW numbers, oh, geez, uh, yeah. and it's all against the clock. 
Are you sure you want to do this, Ellis? Yeah, I, I'm with him on this because he knows you. Um, yeah, yes, I, I, I will, and I will do it. I will do this. Four of us are together. Two of us are watching Portugal against Poland that night. Oh, Three of God. us have got a direct flight. Oh, God, can I just out of interest, mate? Where does Guion live? Is he is he based in Cardiff? He, he is based in Cardiff. Yeah. Right. Here we go. So, go on. I was in. Uh, I went out, took my lovely wife out for because I'm a romantic swine, as we all know, right? Yes, yeah, I took her out for a nondescript, just a nice meal the other day, right? Nondescript meal we're going out for. Love. Well, no, I mean it wasn't Valentine's Day. Oh, it right, wasn't sorry. Wins, it wasn't sorry. An anniversary. It was that just makes me more sense. Being a nice bloke, right? Oh, very nice meal. Taster menu, so a bit of a you know. I've never done a taster menu before. Very very nice. How taste. many courses? Ten. Okay, too many. Well, and not enough at the same time, because I was fucking starving as well. Let's focus on three of these being yeah. any good. <laughs> when, you have an, when you have an ant oyster, it's very nice. It's nice. But Where are another, the rest of them? Where are his do, friends? I could do another six or seven oysters, right? <laughs> when you're having a tartlet with very nice sort of whipped cheese and you know, very light and beautiful. No whipped cheese, that's not for me. I, I do the ten of those, right? So whipped anyway, cheese. It nice. was lovely. It was lovely food. S- service impeccable. All nice. Yeah. Finish the meal as we're leaving. Bloke called Adam stands up. He's there with his his lovely partner, and he says, "Listen, um, I didn't want to fanboy earlier. I got off at a table next to yours, but big fan of the podcast. Hope you don't think I'm imposing." I said, "I said no, not at all, not at all." I said, "So uh, I think he was on the Facebook group during your meal. Oh, was he s- saying that you were there? Oh, and okay. Should he go over and say hello or not? Oh, well, he did, but he, but he waited till we were leaving. Yeah, he said he said he was going to wait till the end. He's very polite. He's a Barry boy. Turns out as well. I think we were in school. A couple years younger than me. Perfect, right? Lovely. Nice chat, shook hands, lovely. Walk out of there, we've got my, my old, one of my old favourite pubs, the Romilly in, in Fontana. Lovely. Great pub. A couple of pints with Kelly in there, because I was, we never had a bottle of wine, but we had a couple of pints. I go in the bog to leave, because we're going to go to Canton for a couple of drinks now, right? Yes. I'm having a piss. I'm on my own in the urinal, right? I'm having a piss. <laughs> bloke walks up right behind me, right, and goes, Yeah. He said, uh, it's Mike Bubbins. I went, uh, Yes, he went. Uh, I don't even think I'm. I'm following into the toilet. I went. Well, you, you have. The toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't recognised me from behind. And he wasn't having a piss. He no, was he was. He was talking to the back of my head while I'm having a piss. Right. Amazing. Yeah. And his name was Guion. Big fan right. of the podca- podcast, apparently. And he said, uh, he said, I, th- I thought you were leaving, so I, I wanted to come and say goodbye before you left. Then he darted into the toilet. I panicked. So I panicked. <laughs> I panicked and followed you. So, just, <laughs> so, so I, I've never had a shower with someone when only one of us had got a dick in her hand before. That was weird. <laughs> so what happens then if someone else walks into that scenario? Oh, God knows. God that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like Mike Guion. If it no? is Mike Guion, I will be delighted. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was very nice. He was very Would polite. your Guion have got his cock out as well, just to make Mike feel better? I Whether d- he needed a pee or not. If he just stood next to me, got his dick out, and then just went through the motions of having a piss, it would have oh, been less hi, weird. Mike. You're, you're my puppies, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how are we doing? Yeah, yeah. So for, for future reference, if if you do walk, if you do see Mike, yeah. and he's going into a toilet, yeah. do a pretend piss next yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. Pretend oh, you've got a bit of stage fright. Oh, wait till I come happens, out of the toilet. This I mean, happens sometimes. That might work as well. I can't imagine... No, no, Mike, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I can't imagine Mike Guion being starstruck by Mike. If I'm having a shit, do not come in. <laughs> Imagine that. Just walking in there going, oh, he's not at the urinal. I wonder where he's been. Just putting his shoulder on the door like the little flimsy latch goes off. 
Hi, are you, uh, are you my bubbins? <laughs> Just want to say I'm a Patreon. Really big fan of your work. Oh, Could you sign this, uh, yeah. this roll for me? <laughs> yeah. From Bob. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Adam, very nice. And we aren't very nice, but Adam had the sort of my preferred approach to the <laughs> After a meal, not during a piss. <laughs> so then went to uh, stop them one of the pubs on the way back then in uh, Poncana. They were doing a sort of a, a musical night for Ukraine. Cut the quid on the door. Oh, lovely. They made what I can only describe as the fatal mistake Go on. Of, dr- of drinking Ukrainian beer. Oh, no good? 10%. Ooh. I mean, I mean, silly, silly <laughs> man. Drinking pints of wine. It was like stout, very dark. Ten percent beer. Not for me. Oh, Holy I shit! Bet you had a hangover the next morning. Yeah, it wasn't good. Ten percent. And hard stout. to drink. The first one's hard to drink. That's the thing, isn't it? Is once you power through one of those strong drinks, yeah. it becomes the norm quite quickly. Yeah, as long as they're Oof. cold, you can get away with it. But you, yeah, you can taste the strength of it, can't you, in, the, oh, in those sort of beers. And you're like, ooh, ooh. Remember the old, like, elephant beer they used to have, like the Carlsberg elephant beer? Yes, I do, yeah. And you could have a sip of that and go, ooh, the back of your teeth. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's got oh, that sort Jesus. of cal poly consistency as well. Yeah, so we were on that. Uh, but, yeah, good music and fucking really strong beer. And then, of course, uh, just last little pub anecdote, I had a couple of mates come down from London the other day for a meeting. Went to the old arcade after the, after the meeting, our old stomping ground, post, of course, post-gig. Because we, because our Patreon lot and, and well, and the non-Patreons came to the gigs as well. Yeah, yeah. We kept that business afloat. Yeah. They're lovely in there. So there was a bit of a queue at the bar. And I was, I was getting the third rounders. The boys who bought around, I, they, they were loving the brains, by the way. They loved, they're trying the essay in the dark. All a bit of an eye-opener for them. I go to the bar to get my round in. They said, uh, don't queue up, Mike. They opened the back bar for me. Oh. Just me. The dream. Oh. And you said, have you got any Ukrainian 10% stuff? <laughs> yeah. It's all I drink nowadays. I'm going for a piss if you want to chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we went to the little brains protocol. Went there, went to the city arms. Then we went to the, uh, what should we call it? The uh, borough. Oh, old lovely. school, the borough. Yeah, that's, yeah those, are, those are three very old school pubs. And I can say this now, because this will go after my birthday. Okay. So my birthday party's going to be upstairs in the city arms. Yes. Which I'm very much looking forward to. Lo- lovely old Cardiff pub. And the, uh, the lady doing the food is a girl who's just teaching one of those. No way. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. she like you, crucially? She case. did. Apparently, I was safe because I was one of the only few, I was one of the few teachers that, that, that was, uh, was safe to her, apparently. Okay. Which is, a, I think, is a, I think is a that's, street, that's good. street word for nice. Okay, that's okay then. Because she was a bit of a handful, to be fair. So long as the food is safe. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I love the honesty as well. It's like, well, we'll do you sandwiches, uh, we'll do some rolls, do some Indian food, we'll do some, some uh, samosas and stuff. It's, I'm not, not, we're not, so we're not doing volavons. They're a pain in the ass. That's good. That's good. That's good. Get, get fucked Perfect. for your volleyball. Perfect. That's good. Yeah. Perfect. Love they it. are. They are too much of a fuss. They're fiddly. They're fiddly. And for the sake of one prawn or like a teaspoonful of tuna, what's the point? I agree. You may as well make two sandwiches. Obviously, you're both invited. I, I, yeah. I, I assume you both won't be there, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, it's, it's absolutely fine. I go because you're fucking safe. Me, he's fucking safe. He is. He's fucking safe. Ass. Mike is fucking safe. I've got his birthday. Proper like. mate. He's fucking safe as fuck, mate. Nah. <laughs> Safe Mike's birthday, isn't it? <laughs> Bit of karaoke as well. Are you doing karaoke? Oh, yes. We're not fucking about. Oh, dear God. We're karaoke, yeah. Why? You need to have me there, then. I'll ask you, why not? End of the night. No, not all the way through. End of the night. You know, everyone's a bit pissed. You've got to, you've got to, well, crucially, I have to be a bit pissed for that to be yeah. even 
approach. But you're like, I guarantee, because you're, you're like my lovely wife in many ways, right? You will be one of those people that takes an age to get up on the karaoke. Yeah, now you won't get me off. But then when you get up there, you do about fucking nine songs. like Absolutely. A Awful as well, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, it won't stop you. No, not in tune. <laughs> Kelly, come off. Come on now, come on. <laughs> Kelly, I preferred you when you were shy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Cuckoo, cuckoo, this is Robinson. Nah. <laughs> Have you seen the Jesus loves you more than you yes. know why. <laughs> you got the market corner there, huh? You have. God bless you, please, Mr. Robinson. Heaven we'll have owns to do a place for those who pray. It's just a little bit valleys, a little <laughs> bit Southern American. Let's do a singing gig Christmas time. A little, let's go to that little right. place. What's that little piano bar by the Big Easy? Oh, um, Porter's. Porters. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, Let's go do there. that. Let's get someone like Dave Cribb, who's great on the piano. Yeah. Oh, he yes. Come down and play piano. We'll have a we'll have a distant pod night of crooning. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? <laughs> Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I'd love that. What's up, you say, Mrs. Robinson? Joe and Joe has left and gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being funny, mate. I've I've heard worse singers than the worst in the club. <laughs> I've, heard worse. I've heard worse. You could make ninety quid a Saturday night easy, piece of piss. I thought I'd put in touch with uh, fucking Fairdeal Entertainment. It would be such a mad career change. Oh, it'd be, to lovely, be a club it'd be great, singer. though, wouldn't it? Pressure's off, isn't it? And these days, a piece of piss. Like when I first started doing it, I had to get two base bins, two tops, two stands. Yeah, a massive bloody. A CD player, a mixing desk, fucking leaves all over the place, microphones, microphone stand, all on a T-Reg micro. These days, piece of well, piss. Well, you just rock up. Fucking, well, but you can, you, can, you can get, like, decent speakers all in one, a pair of those. Okay. And a fucking iPhone, and off you go. Bang, microphone. In the old days, it was, all, it was like 90% perspiration. We'd like to know place. a little bit about you for our files are. We'd like to help you learn to help yourself. Look around you while you see our sympathetic eyes. Stir around the grounds until you till you feel it all, man. Here's to you, Mr. Come on, you know the words. Please come Sunday. Yeah. I'll be great. I'm a bit of Elkie Brooks. I get it all queued up. Don't you worry. Gotta take that look off your face. I love that song. Panic on the streets of London. Panic on the streets of Birmingham. Yeah. I wonder to myself. It's only the singer Morrissey wishes he was. <laughs> Have you woken a kid up? Have you woken a kid up with your crewmate? He loves it. Or a it. guinea pig? He loves it. Big fan of the Smiths, is he? Go on, do oh, some yeah. Stuff. Do a girlfriend in a coma for him. <laughs> girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know it's serious. Welsh Smiths. Evening all, we are the Welsh Smiths. What they be called? They would be called the Welsh Smiths, but they might be called that. Some have got zero. I quite like when you've made no effort on it. You haven't gone for a <laughs> yeah. pun. What we call Oasis tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, great. Dublin Dundee Humberside. No Oasis, of course. No Oasis, yeah. Oasis. Oasis. Strolling Bones, they were good. Oasis tribute act. Two. <laughs> yeah. First one was taken. Not the Smiths. Oh, fuck off, mate. Come on. The Smythes. <laughs> the Smythes. Yeah, of course they'd be called the Smythes. 
Or the Smiths with a double F. Oh, God. <laughs> I think there was a band called the Smiths with a double F. Who was there? Clone Roses. Sure Rolling Clones. Yeah, all that caper. Think Floyd. Abattoir. <laughs> Just three of them. Covered in, covered in meat. <laughs> <laughs> Meat clothes. I've been shopping. I got tons of uh, tons of new new clothes. What for? Well, no, because I put a bit of weight on. It is coming on very slowly because I keep going on the pistol at the time by mistake. It's coming on very slowly. Coming off. off. Okay, I've been off by like a pound a week, which is no good to man nor beast. Not really. Not really. Well, let's just say to... you wouldn't know. I don't weigh, but I assume no. you could do a pound either way during the day, can't you, with a ship? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. But when I went and bought a lot of jackets. I think that might be my oh, new nice. look. But I did look proper Ron Burgundy. So when I went out the other day, I had a I had a nice pair of flare jeans on. Lovely. A pair of very light tan, almost cream leather loafers, slip-ons. I had a camel uh, roll neck <laughs> roll neck jumper. Wait, what's, what's camel? Like a very, like a sandy sand. colour. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had a giant check, like a plaid um, sportscaster's coat, you know, like a jacket. What does, what does Kelly think of that? She's <laughs> <laughs> too busy crying to ask. <laughs> She was on a different table, I'll be honest. She was out with a mate again. D- <laughs> Dave. Dave. Nice guy. <laughs> Big Dave. Big Dave's lovely. Always a shoulder to cry on and a fucking knob to rest on. <laughs> no, she, yeah. It, 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 was, it didn't mean, I didn't mean to look like Ron Burgundy, but I sort of ended up looking a bit like Ron Burgundy. But you okay fine. with that? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. If you like the 70s look, it's a thin line between what I think is cool and what looks like fancy dress, and it was it was it was borderline. It was borderline. That is a hard line to tread. It is, and not one I tend to <laughs> even look at, let alone tread. I never want anyone to think I'm in fancy dress. <laughs> no, I didn't want them to think I was in fancy dress, but it just looked like I was. <laughs> you're quite, you're both quite cool dressers, and we just we just we just all go. Not really. Yeah, you are. I think you are. I, I, that jacket you always wear, I like that jacket. I've got yeah. The, the 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 key is in that last part of that sentence. That, that jacket you always wear. <laughs> if you like it, I have, yeah, it means I have one nice piece of gear. People point that I was wearing the cry for help shirt at, at the restaurant, <laughs> which I was. Because nothing else fits at the moment. But I think if, if you're a man of a certain age and a certain body shape, I think a jacket is a good look. Yeah, like a you know like a suit jacket. Okay. I bought four really nice suit jackets. I bought, the, I bought the jumbo check one. I bought like a nice blue, almost like a velvet, like a navy blue velvet. I bought a quite a light blue, almost like a like a linen nice jacket. I bought a fucking bad boy burgundy dinner jacket with a black silk uh, lapel. You have none. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I don't really wear sort of smart suity kind of stuff. You got a waist. I you, have you, one. You can do. You can. You if you got a waist, you can do t-shirts and jeans. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. I haven't got a waist at the moment. But I think you get to a certain age where you should start wearing suits and stuff, don't you? No, not if you're cool. Not if you've got a nice... Wa- fucking no, you never see Iggy Pop wearing a fucking suit, do you? Or no, I'm not Iggy Keith Pop. Richards. Best will in the world. I'm not Keith Richards. I'm going to see the Stones in the summer. We've got the tickets sorted. Yeah. He'll be 78 when he does that gig, Jagger. He'll be 78 years of age. It's incredible, isn't but it? But Jagger could make a suit look amazing. Oh, I, I saw him two years ago. He bounced around on stage for two hours, non-stop. He's a freak of nature. A lot of those sixties acts though have really smartened up. Although they off they were never scruffy in the sixties. No, no. It's just they now look yeah, they, they wore sort of Carnaby Street mod suits in yeah, exactly. 64, yeah. 65, and now they just wear nice suits. And also that sort of heavy drug use they were into at the time. I've said this before, I wasn't trying to be controversial. But it did sort of sort the wheat from the chaff. I think it, it killed a lot of people. Brian jo- you know, the Brian Jones of this world, right? They they all yeah. carted it. 
if you sort of came through the other side of that, they all they all sort of became super clean livers. Like you know, like yeah, Jagger does yeah you know, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, runs every day, eats proper food. Yeah, you know, John Keel is teetotal as well. You know, I suppose you don't. You, you're not got it all, really. me. Yeah, that's what I mean. You got fuck all approve you if you Mick Jagger, have you? Someone goes, oh, you're not having a pint, are you? No. Uh, you're fucking lightweight. I did shit loads of heroin. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. I had quite a lot of pints in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Loads I've of pints I ejected of, into I'd me. I've heard of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I'm yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was injecting pints. <laughs> pints of heroin. Boring. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. While you were, while, while you were working at Admiral, I was in fucking Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> With, Keith, with fucking Keith Richard, yeah, <laughs> fucking toss bag. Not alcoholic lager, is it again, Keith? <laughs> yeah, it's it. Lightweight. <laughs> I think I might. So I'm thinking after my fiftieth. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna become what I call an occasion drinker. What do? You, what's that mean? I think that's what I am. But I on, think what, that's what, what I am. That? I won't drink in the week. I won't drink every weekend. But but I'll. But I'm not gonna say I'll never drink. But I'll drink no, that's, for that's that's who I birthdays, am. Birthdays, sporting yes. events. Yes, you know, Thursdays. An occasion drink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where I live at the moment. But holding out the complete possibility that at some point I will just go back into daytime drinking, <laughs> followed by weekend drinking. Well, that might be an occasion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, daytime. I was trying to explain to the London boys the Beaujolais Nouveau Day. They'd never heard of it. Is it a Welsh thing? I think it must be. Is it? It's still massive in Swansea. They still do it. Oh, like, yeah. Full on. I mean, it's not yeah. so big in Cardiff these days. I, I just assumed get it, it was a thing. Get in touch. I mean, if, if you live in England and you know what Beaujolais Nouveau Day is or Scotland or Northern Ireland or... Yeah, but I think it, might, it may just probably be a Welsh thing. I don't know. <laughs> Did you just stop at Northern Ireland because you ran out of country? Well, no, because I was just doing the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland stuff, right. wasn't I? You know? Good country back, mate. I've told you. Um, <laughs> got blocked by... I've told I got you off by air. Ed- Edwina Curry today. <laughs> or yesterday. You got blocked by Edwina Curry. Yeah. What for? Good, good day. And it's, it's great because it says at the end, you have no friends in common. I thought, good. <laughs> good start. It was a very, very, um, I would say, short-sighted tweet that she made. Oh, she's a fucking knob. And if she's a patron, which I highly doubt. She's not. Is she not? You she's not. Yeah, I check for most e. people I don't like. At hotmail.com. I can't remember what said to her, but it was, uh, she was being just a usual sort of, oh, here we go. I said uh, it was in response to her being... Someone who'd lost family members during lockdown. Okay, yeah. And they were sort of saying, yeah, but, you know, prosecuting Boris is not going to bring those back. That sort of thing, right, you know? I thought, well, Interesting decision to make. Not the most empathetic tweet I've ever So I said, I think I preferred you when you were just the person who was noshing off John Major when you were both married to other people before you went full pantomime villain. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, she blocked me. Um, didn't even reply. <laughs> not so much as a reply after that. <laughs> no, no, the common decency to reply. Not so much as a reply. I just want them an excuse to use the phrase noshing off. That's good. Imagine noshing off John Major. I quite like John Major. Yeah, I don't dislike too, him either. Because he likes cricket. Yeah, he was always at the old. And he was like a working class. Yeah. Yeah, Brixton boy. Yeah. He, well, I mean, he, he had the good fortune to have, you know, get, come to after. Get noshed off by to, to, No, to have come after Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. In terms of being, you know, conservative leader. That's quite, you know. You can't be the biggest cunt in the room, can you? Great spitting image caricature as well. Yes, oh, yeah. completely grey. Oh, peace, Norma. Loved his cricket. You wrote cricket, though. He, he did. Loved his cricket. Found it very. I listened to him on Test Match Special and found it very hard to dislike him after that. Yeah. Wasn't he the son of a trapeze artist? Something like that. Really? Yeah, yeah he was. was. Tom Major Ball good. was a yeah. British music hall and circus performer. Okay. 
And he was Tom the father Major of Ball. he was the father of John Major. Yeah, he, he didn't carry on the Major Ball double barrel surname for whatever reason into politics. Imagine your dad's a trip. Oh, that's quite cool, isn't it? So his dad was born Abraham Thomas Ball in Blocks Blockswich, or Blockswich, Staffordshire. Blockswich, yeah. Okay. 18th of May, 1879. He was the son of Abraham Ball. 1879? Are you sure? Oh, you got the right John Major? Yeah. He was the fa- He was the father of John Major, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, from 1990 to 1979. 1879? Well, John... How old's John Major, then? He'd be 143. Uh, he was born in 1943, so his dad... Was he in his 50s? Been, he was 18. in his 60s. Is he in his 60s? 60s when he had him. Well, I was this for life, right? I was this for Go life. On. Be he was born Abraham Thomas that. Ball. Fucking terrible. Boxwood, Staffordshire. He was the son of Abraham Ball, a bricklayer, and his wife, Sarah Ann Mara, or Mara, was of Irish and possibly Welsh descent. The family also had an adopted son, Alfred. When he was five years old, Major Ball and his parents emigrated to the United States. No. And he spent his formative years in Pennsylvania, where his father what? worked as a steel worker, initially in Pittsburgh, then Philadelphia, and finally Fall Hollow, a small village near Braddock. He later worked as a vaudeville performer and trapeze artist in travelling circuses. Later, oh, how would you me- <laughs> right? Tell me about his his, his spitting image. Uh, yeah, his whole thing about spitting image was he was a completely grey person. Yes, and his old man sounds like a, a fascinating man. <laughs> he know he well. By the early 50s, the business was in such trouble that Tom Major was forced to seek out a loan, which was then recalled, resulting in severe financial difficulties to the family. Yeah. The family were no uh, longer able to live in Muster Park. They moved to a cramped rented flat in Cold Harbour Lane, Brixton. Which I know exactly where that is. It's about 10 minutes from where I live, Cold Harbour okay. Lane. And he wanted to move to Canada, but his application was rejected due to poor uh, eyesight. Yeah. Taking up uh, space. He died in 1960. He died in 1960. <laughs> you have an eye test. You couldn't get a camera. You wore glasses. Uh, it is claimed by John Major that when his father was dying, every act in the country trooped through to perform at the bed of their dying oh, fellow yes, artist. Oh, yes, please. Oh, that'll be amazing. What, the crankies everywhere? Yeah, yeah his widow Gwen survived Ali him by... Bo- Ali Bongo, they're all there. Uh, Kate Bird- Nagasaki Bird- winters and snowbits. His, <laughs> his widow Mike Gwen... Come on, Mike. Survived, yeah, Mike, Mike was dead by this point, wasn't he? Survived him by more than eight years, dying Wait in September 1970, shortly before John's marriage to Norma. After John Major became Prime Minister, there was considerable media interest in his father's colourful background. the fuck it was. Yeah. Journalist Bruce Anderson described Tom Major Ball as one of the most fascinating characters of there the century. Go. Oh my God. It is... Get this! It has been suggested by yes. Bowie expert Nicholas Pegg yeah. That oh, David Bowie got the idea of the character Major Tom's name in his song no. Space Oddity from seeing an old circus poster featuring fellow Brixton resident Tom Major. Come on. That is unreal. Yeah. John Major's dad oh, inspired Major we Tom. Should... Yeah. Fuck. Am I sitting in a tin can? That's amazing. Sitting in a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> Is ground control of me, Tom. Right, <laughs> Tom? How good is it? Sometimes, I mean, I know it's a bane of our life, the internet, right? Yes. And social media. But sometimes, right? You never would have found that shit out before about no, John no. Major. No. Do you know what would have happened? If we were recording, this happens all the time. If we were recording this podcast in 1995... Yes. I would have half remembered an article I'd read. Yeah, yeah. Really... But I, I, I I'd, I'd have half remembered Don't listen. an article I'd read in one of the papers about John Major having an interesting dad. And yeah, I'd have said that. Mad. And then yeah. I'd have got three of the facts up. wrong. And none of you would have We'd have laughed at the fact that you thought John Major's dad was a trapeze artist. <laughs> the end of it. Yeah. 
They inspired three squeeze songs. <laughs> That's immense, isn't I'm it? Just on, I'm just on Major's Wikipedia now. His childhood was generally happy. And he enjoyed reading, uh, sport, especially cricket and football, and keeping pets yeah. such as his rabbits. But again, like Mick Jagger not drinking, if you're John Major, you, you're doing the reverse of leaving home and going to join the circus, aren't you? You're mm. leaving the circus and going to join the Tory party. Because that's the only act of rebellion you <laughs> yeah, can do. Weird. do you know what I mean? Yeah. He passed his 11 plus, so he went to quite a nice grammar school. But obviously his, his family's fortunes took a turn for the oh, worse. Oh, please, John. Please become a file. <laughs> yeah, his fa- like his father's oh, health I'm was deteriorating. I'm on the local Conservative Association. Uh, with his parents distracted by their reduced circumstances, John Major's difficulties at Rutledge, his school, went unnoticed. Acutely conscious of his straightened circumstances vis-à-vis the other pupils, Major was something of a loner and consistently underperformed except in sports, coming to see the school as a penance to be endured. Major left school for his 16th birthday in 59 with just three O-level passes in history, English language and English literature to much to his parents' disappointment. They can talk. Bloody hell. John Major's one of the most interesting people I've ever read about. <laughs> Hell's gone for the whole part. I now. just can't believe this. He's, the, he's bloody more peas nor me. He's that one. What are the ch- TV lied to me. We should do a politics spin-off, shouldn't we? We really? should. Yeah. Do a politics and music spin-off. Pretty great. Just talk about... He's a big Chelsea fan, isn't he? Major. Yeah, he's got a Stamford Bridge and drink Bovril and all that kind of stuff. Nothing wrong with Bovril. Or meat tea, as one of my kids calls it. Meat tea. Can we, meat can we, tea. There's nothing, nothing weirder, though, than sitting next to a nine-year-old at a football match and he goes, can we go get some meat tea, Dad? Meat tea. The looks you get. Fuck I don't think I've ever had Bovril, actually. Lush. Oh, by the way, also... And I, my mate Steve will be will be Devo when I, when he when he hears this. Will I'll have to speak, have to, speak to him before. Will he be he hears Australian this. or twelve? I'll, I'll in this see scenario. Him, I'll see him at my birthday party Sunday. Thankfully, so be before he hears this. Yes, we're desperately trying to get tickets, as you know, for the Wales uh, playoff final. Yeah, yeah. Draw a blank everywhere. Uh huh. Try Tom Shanklin on your recommendations. Draw a blank there as well. Okay. Given up all hope, essentially. Yeah. Pod listener and all round good egg and mate Dan Thwaite texted me yesterday and said you and Ben want tickets for the uh, the Wales flare final yeah uh, yes yeah, a, a million percent yeah. yes yes so him so him and his son and me and Ben they're going to the football how much it well you, you know how much it cost so yeah. for me and Ben to go to a sold out which they could sell out three times over playoff final for the World Cup is 35 quid I know for That's the two of us incredible yeah. isn't it I said when, when I, said, I said how much is it man I'll, I'll wire the money across you went 35 quid I went okay how much what? for mine that's what I said. I said, well, yeah. how much for the whole thing? You went, no, yeah. 35 quid is for everything. I, like, I know we're mates. Come on, man. Come on, I'll give you the full price. It's fine. I can't believe that. The Spectator wrote an article on whether football's replaced. I read it. And they're bang on as well. It described the FAW as being extraordinarily popular. And you're like, it yeah. is. Where do you find quid. it? When is, when, is a, when is a governing body popular with a fan base? Yeah, yeah. Hardly I can't, ever. Yeah, exactly. So thanks, Dan, for listening to this. First round of clips, then Ellis. I want you to do this one because this is this is a remix. This is a rehash of a clip we've done before, which I love. It is, but it really, really but made me laugh. <laughs> this is from Brian's gun. We've talked about quite a bit on his on this podcast because uh, we've used his videos several times now. This is a remix rehash of a very charming. Video message Duncan Ferguson gave to an Everton fan. Um, but <laughs> play the clip. 
You alright, sweetheart? It's Duncan Ferguson here. I'll come and see you. Alright? We'll sit down and have a wee chat. I'll take you for a bit of lunch or I'll come to your house or something, eh? Is that alright, mate? What do you think of that? You better get your finger out alright and make sure that you get the fucking results. You've been fucking slacking off a wee bit. Is that right? Alright, mate. We can't be having that, mate. Alright? Anyway, look. I just wanted to wish you all the best, pal. Stick in, son. God bless and lots of love. Love you. So there we go. It's Duncan Ferguson uh, ensuring that a young Everton fan knuckles down and works hard at his GCSEs. But with the music from Psycho in the background and on the video itself, it's a lot of pictures. It's, pic- it's footage of his um, <laughs> of his most <laughs> dirty challenges. And um, the thing with that Dick Ferguson video is we, we did it when it was... Because someone, tw- someone had tweeted him or contacted the club and said, yeah. listen, my, son, my little brother is struggling at school and he's a huge Everton fan and he really loves Dick Ferguson. Come on. Can you have a little message of Duncan Ferguson? And Duncan Ferguson does such an, a lovely job of it. Yeah. Yeah. But selfie as well, proper selfie, arm's length, staring down the pipe. And yeah. it's at Goodison, he's on the pitch. Yeah, but he or something. Mm. He's on yeah. the he's on the pitch at Goodison. You know, I mean, how many times has Mike done a video for a listen to this podcast telling them to fuck off at their request? Oh yeah. yeah. It's a kind sure. of thing that if you have a small amount of public profile you get asked to do but I mean Duncan obviously will have a big he must get asked to do these all the time what I loved about what I loved about Duncan's (laughs) one was he put a lot of effort into it but when you're scary you can't stop being scary yeah Yeah. absolutely it's just you can't turn it off it's like you can't everything about it's frightening everything about it is frightening everything about him is frightening even though it's coming from a, a really nice place and the added music from Psycho and Beautiful. footage of him sort of, you know, crunching into people like Paul Lins is just so fun. I laughed my head off when I saw it. Well, I'm Martin Keown. I mean, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't like a, a flat track bully. Oh, oh absolutely you know, not. It was yeah, always yeah. the it was always their big bloke that he was having the pop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The look on his face towards some of the referees when you know they'd be. Oh, on... the one ref who backs off, he's shitting himself. <laughs> they're beyond red cards, all of them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks at them like. What do you mean? The accent. It's the best accent for that as well. Oh, we probably discussed this at the time. Those those thieves, those robbers who broke into his house and he then faced them Dick. and he got hold of two of them and then called the police, pinning them both down. You can just imagine it. They'd have been these sort of you know, they'd have been looking for some money so they could buy a bag of gear and suddenly Duncan Ferguson is there in his <laughs> fucking pants. <laughs> you would absolutely shit yourself. But the addition of the psycho music and Brian's guns videos. Yes. It's like Stu's footy flashbacks. His videos really make me laugh as well. You know, we were talking about John Major's interesting dad. Yes. And there's quite a few examples. Obviously. But there's, there's quite a few examples this week where the internet and smartphones really come into their own. And, you know, I don't know who Brian's gun is. But yeah. I, I like the fact that he's taken the time to do this. And he's done it really, really well. And it really did... Put a little spring into my step. I saw that video and I laughed for about half an hour. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I watched a bit of the... I watched a Liverpool game the other night, uh, which was a brilliant game of football. The Man City yeah. game? Uh, no, the, the Liverpool-Benfica um, game. And then at the end of it, they showed a bit of the Man City um, 
Atletico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which looked like a pretty dour affair, right? When you see people like Big Duncan, right? Yes. He, he is what I want my hard men to be. It doesn't matter what the sport is, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I shall, I shall love Dick Butkus in the NFL, Dunk Ferguson in football, Buck Shelford in, in, in rugby. Yeah, you nice. Know, you're, you're big sort of enforcers who off the field, when people when people met them or had interactions with them, they said, what, what a nice bloke. Yes, What a, what a, yes, what a fucking lovely man. But you cross the, you cross the white line and, and you know, that's, your, that's you. That you're... Football you, your rugby you, your, your NFL you, right? And you do that really well. I watched the Atletico game, and I thought, all that shit in the, in the tunnel afterwards. And I just thought, fuck off. There, there's some, I don't know, and it's, it's hypocritical. I, I understand that it's just a noise of a whistle and an arbitrary clock that's ticked down to zero, right? But in my hardwired brain from playing sports since I was old enough to walk, that's the end of it then. As, really? soon, as soon as that whistle goes, it doesn't yeah. matter what's happened, you get on with it. You know? Okay. You, sh- you shake hands, you move on, you, you know. You can, be, you can be pissed off and you can be angry, but there's no sort of animosity there after, after the whistle. Don't carry on into changing rooms. and No? Never? I, no. I, okay. I, I, don't I don't think know. I ever have. I, I, I honestly don't think I ever have. I did like, I quite like it. Roy Keane and <laughs> Vieira and Arsenal yeah. and United, those rivalries that would spill over into the tunnel. I like a tunnel pre-match fight. I've got a fan of that. They just... They just hated each other, those two clubs. Yeah. But who's, who's the Atletico manager? What's his name? Simeone. Um, I bet he's a real prick. I bet off the pitch, he's he's just one of those people that is bad company. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Why? I just think he'd be a fucking nuisance, a proper social hand grenade. The sort of bloke who gets you filled in at a pub. <laughs> of course, I'm them rubs. I don't think Duncan Ferguson would. I think he'd be brilliant. Do you know what I loved about Duncan Ferguson? When he was the caretaker manager, he, he accepted, he said, listen, I'm not experienced enough to, to take on this job. But he loves Everton Football Club so much. Yeah. He was willing to do it. And he, he gave this really, really inspiring team talk for that, for that first game he took over. They must love him up there. And, but I remember him standing on the pitch and getting the Goodison crowd going. Because the thing with Goodison, Goodison can be fantastic. It could yeah. be one of the most amazing grounds in the Premier League. But when they're grumpy, it can be really, really moody, Goodison. But if they get behind you, it, they it's... They can do the know, mate. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and he knows that. The other thing, and something I, I watched the Liverpool-Man City game. Because of Klopp and Guardiola, and because of the way that the top teams play football now, those really, really huge games, you know, like, like Sunday, you know, um, Liverpool and Man City at the Etihad undoubtedly was. Yeah. They now tend to live up to the billy. Whereas in the sort of... Jose, Rafa Benitez era, for, for instance, when Liverpool, when there was that run of big games between Liverpool and Chelsea, those games were terrible. Like the ghost goal game was mm. rubbish yeah, in the yeah, Champions League. Yeah. Absolutely rubbish. Whereas now, I mean, the, the Man City-Liverpool game was absolutely fantastic. It was the two best teams in the world. And it was just... Both, both it, trying to win it. Both, both trying going, to win it, know. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, the Chelsea-Real game the other night was fucking brilliant. But then he watched the. I didn't see. I saw the end of it. Then I saw the highlights of Atletico Man City. Just when when one team doesn't want to play, you end up with that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, that's what when Benitez and Jose's teams would meet in the sort of mid two thousands. They were always rubbish. And I think there's a tendency to think that the way the most modern football, contemporary football, takes place, you think, well, this is where it's going to end now. And you think, okay, well, they've clearly worked out that you're going to try and not lose first as opposed to try and win the game. Yeah. And I thought, fucking hell, I mean, this, this, this could be crippling for football. If the top teams play this kind of attritional football, then it's what 10 year old is going to watch this and think, this is my favourite sport. Mm. But that seems like a lifetime ago now. Well, that Benfica game, we were on my mate uh, Matt's watching it with Steve. 
three all. What a what a game of football! Yeah, yeah. Just up and, and fair play to the Benfica fans. They didn't shut up. I mean, they they were bouncing for ninety minutes as well. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I remember watching. I'm looking at a, a, a picture of Dick Butkus in my bar now. There was on this the crunch time video. Like, I'm not sure I ever picked it. Um, there's a bit there when he's t- sort of trying to get across the difference in you in, in the uniform when you're playing the game, and then you off the pitch. And he said after a game, when he was at some party and some doctor came up to him and really tore into him at a party, saying you're you're a, you're a, disgrace, you're a disgrace, you're, you're you know you're a, what sort of role model are you for my, for my kids, and you know you're a thug and you're all this sort of stuff. And he said, oh, he said, he said, what do you do? He said, I'm a doctor. He said, I'm going to stop my wife. I think I'll ask my wife to stop watching those daytime soaps because I watch a couple of those hospital soaps and you doctors are having affairs you know, behind each other's backs and you're doing this. And he went, he said, what are you talking about? He says, well, this is, I'm enter- that is my, my job on a Saturday. Yeah. I'm in the entertainment business, right? Yeah. Playing football. That isn't, that isn't, it is me, but it's not, that's not the person that I am. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want someone to see a representation of what you do and then think that that's you. So Buckus off the field apparently is, was really really nice, really polite, really funny, really kind, you know. And then on a pitch was a fucking maniac. Ray Nitschke, I picked this book ages ago. Who was the linebacker for the Packers? Was renowned as like the, the most fearsome bloke in the NFL. And in real life, he was just a sweet man who you know adopted kids because he had a she had a shit child and he wanted to give kids a better life. So when you see Duncan here, when that bit he did before that you picked up with, with the kid, when I see him like elbowing someone in the chin, in the game. And then wrestling Martin Keown to the floor. I think, go on, sir. Because, <laughs> but you know, that's you know, his job was being evidence tough guy, wasn't it? He could, yes. he could play football as well. It's a disservice to say that's all he did. He was, he was oh, a good footballer. Absolutely not. Yeah, but he yeah. was a tough, good footballer. But also quite a good fight. I quite like. I don't necessarily need them to be traditional hard men, but I need a fight to be a fight. If that makes sense, and that's not yeah. being macho. Yeah. You want dirty? You're a bully. He was. I, I, I think he was dirty and perhaps he was. T- he was but, tough. I'd say more than dirty. Maybe, maybe. I to think me, one, dirty the, is things like spitting in someone's eye and then, or you know, the one where he elbows that guy completely out of nowhere off the ball. I think is dirty. Uh, they think it's dirty and cheap. All right then. Yeah. But, um, Mike's come up with a new definition now. Fruity. Go on. Fruity. fruity. So you have what's, what's fruity? You have dirty fruity. Fruity is that sort of thing, isn't it? What's fruity? Well, there might have been a bit of previous. He's dropped, given a little elbow on the way through. Bit of mitigation. That's fruity, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Dirty would be unprovoked. You're on the floor. There's been, a, you know, it's a corner. You both end up on the floor. As you stand up, you stamp on his bollocks, right? That's okay, dirty. that's dirty. Right. Fruity is. What if you pick him up afterwards? Is that fruity then? I mean, you're moving into fruitiness at that point. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay. Stu James, the athletic writer, the big Swansea fan. Yeah, yeah. And Swindon. Yeah. He tweeted, to understand Simeone, the coach, and his athletical team, I think it helps to understand Simeone, the player. His documentary on Amazon is worth watching. He was a leader, incredibly driven, a pain in the ass, even for his teammates, and he'd do anything to win, but he could play too. So I think we should watch the yeah, maybe. Uh, Simeone. Stu should get his own fucking podcast. I think we should watch the Simeone documentary. <laughs> All right. Because yeah. that athletical team are sort of created in his image, aren't they? Like it. I, I love the kit though. That yeah. Captain America kit. Lovely they kit. Well, they're the working their, class team in Madrid. I was going to say, out of the Madrids, that's the one that I lean towards. Yeah, definitely. When, yeah. when Gareth isn't playing, which is, you know, the last three seasons or so. Yeah. They're the rich club, aren't they? Real are the ones yeah. with the. Yeah, they're the sort of ones of the posh fans. You know, they treat like the theatre. They say it's like going to the opera. They sort of. I don't know. I, just, I, I, I watched the end of that Atletico game and I thought, come on. I Yeah, but I, I do like. 
I do like. But then I used to love Neath back in the day. Yeah, exactly. I, I like a way of the, beating the LA Raiders well. in the seventies. Yeah, I do like a way of just. I know they didn't win. And they didn't come anywhere near scoring a goal. But I do like having a different tactical nuance to everyone else. I would have loved them to have won the Champions League final they played against Real. Yeah, because you just think imagine the be... security of that game. Mm. Yeah, and also, you've been in Real and you know in Real's shadow for a century, and they they lost them in a in a Champions League semi final as well. I think. I think so. Yes, I think. Well, I suppose a bit like Man City, Man United, isn't it? You know, yeah. you never thought that Man City would. You wouldn't think that would flip round as a dynamic. No, no, definitely not. No, I agree. In the same way that 15 years ago, I thought Man United are going to be the best team forever. I thought exactly the same. And now they the are thing. years off. My clip for the first round, mm. uh, as we're recording this, the cricket season is starting. Come on. So I thought our old friends at That So Village would be <laughs> a place to visit. So I went there and they have the first ball of the 2022 season. <laughs> So, to, Love it. to put some meat on the bones of the noises you are hearing there, in comes a bowler in the Leicestershire League, bowling for uh, Horton and Thurnby Cricket Club. I'd say right arm, medium pace. I would say by, so. By the run-up. Everyone's Fast excited. You, you, they've all arrived there, to, you know, some of them together, some of them separately. This is, you know, they've been net practising for months for oh, this. Yeah. Maybe some winter indoor nets. If they could book them, that'd be nice. Yeah, Whatever yeah. their local posh school is, probably going there, having a few nets, that'd be great. And you run in, everyone's excited, and your left leg gives way and you slip flat on your anus. And, and you there know is what? nothing better. I've seen, I've, I've, I've loved that sort of village since I started following oh, it. Well, it's a great follow. It's beautiful. He's not doing anything wrong. No, 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 no. He's just slipped, but it is yeah. for some reason so it's funny. brilliant, yeah. And to, to his teammates, to the batter. There's um, the tweet directly below was, oh, this is from that sort of is the first ball from last season. Yes. And that's just a fuck-up. It's just like a classic fuck-up. He, he releases the ball mm. in the delivery at completely the wrong time and it's, it goes really high up in the air and it looks really stupid. But with him, he's just slipped because it's, you know... But he seems to somehow do like a, ro- like a road runner and go up before yes. he goes down. The, the, they're the greatest ones, though, aren't they? Yeah. Where yeah. you complete both feet are off the ground, yeah, and you have enough time <laughs> to think about what's happened, yeah, yeah, and the impact that's going to happen, and how much of a penis you look, and you break your fall with just your ass. Yeah, I oh, absolutely, yeah, just just an ass land. <laughs> I saw a bloke. <sighs> I saw a bloke do that outside Bristol Jester's Comedy Club. Really? When I was oh, doing Christmas dear. show oh, shows, great. It was snowing outside, and his as he slipped. His feet, both his feet at one point were higher than his waist. Oh, yes. And he landed yeah. on his coccyx. Tip-tackled himself. And the noisy mate. Oh! <laughs> I think I said on it before. My mate Nick did that once, all the way home. It was hilarious. We, we had a, we'd had a bit of snow. He'd had these brand new Chelsea boots he was well chuffed with, with leather soles. We both got a bit pissed. I was in Caroline Street getting some <laughs> And I came out, he, he, was, he came up before me, and there was a big crowd there. I thought, what's going on here? And in the middle of the circle of people, he looked like a snow angel. He, just, he, was, he was spread eagled. But there's just a line of chips from the one hand. <laughs> and then on the way home, we walked back up St. Mary Street. He must have gone over 15 times. <laughs> exactly the same every time. 
slipped up, feet above the waist, back on his ass. <laughs> so funny. That, that site, though, mate, that um, village, that So Village uh, Twitter, I've picked one as well, which I've put in the okay. my little cache there on, yeah. the, on, the, on the WhatsApp group, yeah. which I'm not going to mention. But I played them both. I played yours, and I played the one I'm going to choose next week for Ben this morning, and he yeah. was in hysterics. They just, there's nothing funny. What's really nice, though, is that the slapstick does kind of go through the generations. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's the kind of thing that would work in a hieroglyphic. Absolutely. You could, yeah, any kind of falling down... It's just funny. You and Ramesses on the old <laughs> geezer plateau. That um, watching Ptolemy slip over and go right on his ass. That <laughs> Irish who <laughs> slips and lands on his head when they'd snow in Dublin about oh, fifteen or sixteen funny. years ago, and you just hear him going, "Jesus, <laughs> so good, Jesus, fucking oh. oh fuck." I like that bloke they got on the on the tube on the CCTV camera. Coming What's down that? the steps, who's pissed? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. No. And he has a fall, fall on, falls on the other side of the barrier somehow. And yeah. And then gets up and, and he bounces up, doesn't he? This answers one of the questions, though, about wet surfaces in cricket, which I've never quite understood. Is why you yeah. just fucking just play in anything. But this would obviously happen all the time then, I guess, because this is early season. Yeah, there must be a way around it, though, mate. I mean, they, they play in Sri Lanka. They, you know, when you watch, like, villagers play in Sri Lanka and stuff when they have a wet season, they're all still playing cricket. Just get some longer spikes. These are probably, he's got like, you know, he's got summer like rubber studs on. Yeah, he goes daps on. Get a pair of the old school bloody, you know. When when spikes were spikes, like my old man had the old leather, you know, leather uppers, leather soles, big screwing metal spikes. He used to do a bit of bowling. Yeah. He'd be fine with that one, I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I never Just owned piss. cricket shoes. I'm running the spikes, a, but never cricket spikes. I got a couple of pairs. Yeah. I'm trying to get Ben. He's having an iron a bit this year about it because I think he's been knackered from rugby this year. So he's going to give the rugby league a miss for the summer, rest up a little bit. But I wonder—I think he's going to go back into cricket and have a go at it. Just—it's just a great sport. I said, mate, have a go at it. Just see your friends. I'm going to take it super seriously. It feels like a parent's sport, as in when you take your kids to sports. Oh, of course. There's very little that is better than just sitting there drinking four pints. Yeah, my Amazing. um. One of Betty's friends, he's just started playing for a team in South London. I was talking to his dad, and he's like, it's a, it's a great day out. So we both go. It's brilliant. We have a few pints, have a barbecue, watch him play. He has a great time. Well, that time. last we day have... of the season, I said last year, the Cardiff Cricket Club, they opened the bar up, there's barbecue was going, and like, oh, come on, this is what it's all about. This is good. What sort of standard a Cardiff Cricket Club then? Who are they playing? What sort of teams? They're decent. So they'll play... Um, I don't know what the what division is called, but they would play people like sort of mumbles. I mean, a, a decent level of Welsh league cricket. You know, like like it's weird with cricket. There's no real. It's not like you can work your way up through the leagues. You you don't sort of get, keep getting promoted and then end up playing for, you know, and like playing against Middlesex. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, decent. I mean, when when you watch the youngsters play, I mean, so they can play because obviously Cardiff City. Yeah. Playing in the in the championship, with Cardiff. Well, Cardiff Cricket have been around for like 160 years, 170 years, bloody long, long time. They used to be the team that was at the Arms Park. Oh, okay. Ah. It was in the old days. So where the National Stadium is now was the old Cardiff Arms Park where Cardiff and Wales played. Yeah, and Glamorgan played there as well. And then behind that was yeah Glamorgan and I think Cardiff, Cardiff. Cricket Club as well. Are they like a feeder club for Glamorgan? I think they were. They're all part of Cardiff. They're part of. The athletic club. So Cardiff Athletic Club is the hockey and the 
bowls and the cricket, rugby. Yeah, this it's just a nice club. And and there was a a thing went out a couple of weeks ago. The season starting, volunteers to go there and you sort of, you sort of spend the day clearing away the brambles, brushing stuff up, painting things, fixing fences, doing the whiteboards. I, mean, I, I didn't go. I was going to say, that it feels, feels like a nice email to have received. <laughs> when, when, I say people, I mean, when, when I say people, I mean other people. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly, I've got an email. This looks like a really heartwarming day that other people Look are going to be involved Cal. in. What a lovely way to spend the day. Nice email not to open. Put, yeah. uh, Judge, Judy, put Judge Judy back on. Huh? That'd be great. Nope, nope. I'm busy, I'm afraid. I've got a Swansea cr- cricket club top upstairs. Yeah, that'd be, that's the same sort of yeah, same sort of standard. similar level, wouldn't it? Because I, I watched... I, we t- I took the kids to the park at the weekend and I saw my first cricket match of this season and it was just lovely to watch for 10 minutes. Oh, my son plays cricket. Or Betty, I mean, I, I can yeah. guarantee to you that she won't, but um, it would be nice <laughs> if one of them did. Well, I spent the whole of... When was it last? Was it Friday or Saturday? I can't remember now. But it was uh, Ellie's first oh, dance competition dance over the bridge. dance competition you were talking about a few weeks ago. Over in Bristol, yeah. Yeah, how was that? It's good, brilliant. Yeah, she loved it. Yeah, it's a long old day, mate. So we were there from what time? We were there for about six hours, I think. Okay. Or, wow. There was one bloke who was very full on doing the doing the sort of comparing of it. Okay. And there were just kids from the age of probably five or six up to sort of fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. What do you mean by very full on? He had in the first half a bright red sequined suit on. Strong. It was very flamboyant. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the energy decision. level, how he how he had the energy all day, I don't know, but he did it. To be fair to him, so they did some uh, like a like a fifties number. Then they were doing some. Um, there was all sorts going on. And that, what was nice was they. I tell you what, a couple of good things about it. One was they got everyone involved in it. They get there was a first, second, third in all the different categories for all the things, which is nice to get as many kids involved as, as they could, I suppose. But there were times where there'd be like four dance groups out there. And they only be three places, and I, and part of me thought, well, could you make like a joint third, a second and a first, so there's not a group there that don't win anything in that in that particular part of the competition. But then I thought, no, no this is great for that. kids, yeah, because you know that's life, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if you're into sport, and I'll count dancing with with sport for this, yeah, yeah. you know, there was no there was no tears about it, no tantrums, no just yeah, get on with it, and you know there would be another category for something else, and get into that and. People hadn't succeeded the first time might do well in something else or a pairs competition or they had like a group competitions and stuff and a, and a solo bit and all. The, yeah, she loved it. You know, she absolutely loved it. And oh, that's cool. Really, they put the makeup on. They get all the, they get all the all the weird seeing your, your little girl in bloody makeup. They got to wear it for a, like a dance. Yeah, thing. that's a bit odd. But um, yeah, good. It really is. Good. A, it is a bit weird. Well, she watches that. She loves that dance. Moms. Do you, do you what what is it? Because you texted me about that. I didn't know what that was. Oh, watch it. It what? is like, imagine. Um, how can you describe? How best to describe dance moms? Uh, it's like there's a lot of it's. It's a lot of loud American women. Yeah. With a lot of makeup on. Yeah. Living vicariously through their extremely precocious daughters. Okay, now I'm there. Yeah. Which sounds like hell. It does. Sounds like hell. And where was she? She loves it. Doesn't sound. Like but this wasn't like that. To be fair, the British version didn't seem anywhere near as catty. It was quite nice, quite supportive. But it was good fun. She and she really enjoyed it. She loved it. Was she nervous? Yeah, really nervous. Lover. Yeah. You know, because I mean, there was probably I don't know, 
you're in a little auditorium there, probably you know, hundred people or whatever. But I come out there. I said, "Can you see the audience, Al?" Because I was looking at the lights. She said, "So I can see the first row." And I said, "I'm really proud of you, babe." Because you know, it's hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The one little game. girl got on did a ballet piece. She's like five on her own doing a solo Fuck thing. Yeah, that. I know, love. <laughs> no, it was great. No and there was one, love him. There was one bloke. Okay, well, the whole thing. And the whole thing, yeah. Really? One lad, like a fourteen-year-old lad. He was good as well. In my mind, there would be more. That's interesting. Yeah. When yeah. Betty did ballet, yeah. she's lost interest in ballet now, but they were, the group was fairly mixed. I'd say probably yeah, I think, 60, 40. I think ballet probably is a bit more mixed. This is a bit like the modern-day version of, which is a very South Wales thing. Remember the sort of marching bands in the 70s? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they've become dance groups. A baton twirling at the front. That sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Like a parade through town. Do they still happen like a parade through town? Oh, there used to be a Barry, yeah, the Barry Carnival. Barry Carnival, yeah, they used to have carnivals in the Gwendrafani as well. I've seen photos of me dressed as a bee when I was a kid. I'd love to bring that back. Yeah, just on a float. Yeah, no, yeah. No reason for it. There was always one yeah. in Barry. Mam was on every, a float every dressed as uh, one of the women from Heidi High. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going down, I mean, some of them put in a lot more effort than others, mind. I remember going down once with my sister, my mum. And we sort of stood in Holton Road there in Barry as the Barry Rugby Club float came past that my dad was on. And it was just a load of blokes in rugby kit drinking sat on beer. hay bales drinking. Yes. <laughs> well, fair, I, uh, well, fair play, lads. Yeah. Even as a youngster, I knew that was a poor effort. <laughs> They've just got a low loader <laughs> and sat on it. <laughs> he tells a story when they went to uh, Edinburgh when they were youngsters, like he'd just, just come out of youth. And their twin, t- their twin club is North Berwick. And they just went up there, and one of the boys had like a... It wouldn't even be a transit van then. It wouldn't have been, I suppose, in 1963. Okay. Might have been like a, a whatever. I don't know what it was. British Leyland, something or other. But he said we were just like nine of us in the back. There was no motorways. Nine of us in the back of this Ugh. van with no windows. That sounds horrible. <laughs> he said it took us 16 hours to get to it. Sounds like a kidnapping. The worst thing about hours that is getting to sleep in the van. And knowing you've got to come back. Yeah. Oh. Well, they said they, they had two days on the piss. Oh, no. And then, a, and then to come back on the Sunday. That'd be horrible. Si- 16 hours with hungover and oh. stinking of piss and farting and wanted to be people. sick. Oh. Oh. I mean, a train journey. <laughs> I've done. I've dri- yeah, I've been in the back of a car coming back from there. But I can't, you know, no. It's too far, Edinburgh. Oh, it is horrible. Yeah. I don't mind it in a car, for, for, for the festival's sake, because you know you're going to be there for a month. But to go there for a day or a night... That's a track, that, isn't it? Well, that, the fellow gave us the taxi ride back from uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he was, he, he was having a couple of hours sleeping in Bridgen and then going back, wasn't he? Or the other way around, maybe. It might I be the other way around. I think he'd come, come from Bridgen. Yeah. Imagine, go, imagine driving from Bridgen to Newcastle for your 25 Pro Plus and then drove us home. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd never get home alive, honest to God. I was sound asleep. Oh, no, I wasn't. No, that's the one where Al talked. I kept talking because yeah, I thought if I, yeah. if I stop talking, we'll all fall asleep. I we'll was all happy die. to fall asleep and die at that point. <laughs> it was the day before Cardiff played Swansea. At That's what Liberty. it was. Yes, yeah, it was. Because I went, I went to the game and I'd only had about two hours sleep. I was, I was refereeing at ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was coaching my daughter. Foul fun. mood. Oh yeah. Pass it to her. So I told another coach from another team to fuck off. <laughs> Under twelve rugby. Great stuff. Do me a favour, mate. Just fuck off. Could you just fuck off for a bit, <laughs> please? It might, it might be me, it might be you. I haven't got time to work this out yet. It might be me and it might be on, you. One of, us, one of us is well out of order. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, somebody in this conversation is out of order. <laughs> and I don't know which side I'm falling down on, but I think you should fuck off. Which one have I got? Is it me? It is your clip, mate. Well, funny enough, 
a nice little segue from uh, from old school rugby. This is a clip that was on the other day. Uh, someone sent me, which I loved. Uh, this is I, I got in t- contact with the club because I thought I'd better name check him. He deserves that, and it wasn't on the original tweet. Okay. This is Connor Griffiths, who plays tight head for Forge Side Rugby Club uh, in Gwent, uh, kicking the winning points. There we go. Uh, I love this. So, if you haven't seen the clip, it is. A, it must have been a close game. This is the last kick of the game, but all the proper goal kickers have gone off. There's no one left on the field to, to take the take the place kick. So he steps up, big lad, big prop. Yeah. Uh, it's not an easy kick. It looks like it's on the 15, probably up near the, the left touchline. Wrong side. Slots it. Beautiful. I mean, lovely strike on it. Nice sweet strike right over the middle. Bang. Wins the game, and then. All his team quite rightly go nuts, and I just I love it. I just I love it when you have an unlikely hero like that, and I just think he'll be he'll be dining off that now. He'll be, you know, can you imagine being so the, after the game now? He's he's going back, back at the clubhouse. They've won the game by a point or two points, whatever it was yeah. at the end, and he'll he'll be the hero of that. Yes, you know, and, and that's completely amateur. That's just playing because you you know just for kicks. Love for your rugby. Mates, that is, yeah. One, yeah. one question I wanted to ask. Go on. Yeah. Why is it always the backs who are place kickers? It's never the forwards. It's certainly never. It never the props. used to be though, mate. It, so, well, my there we go. So my dad was the kicker for Barry for years, and he played hooker and prop. John Taylor kicked for Wales. Really ropey looking kicker, but he kicked for Wales. Alan Martin, Alan Martin kicked for I Wales. Say, second yeah. row. I didn't think well, John I think, Taylor did it that often. He didn't. But when the when the round the corner kicking came in, so my dad was a straight ahead kicker. Alan Martin was. John Taylor wasn't. He was he was a very awkward looking round the corner kicker. Yeah. When that sort of European style kicking in commas came in, I think it tended to be the lads who played a bit of football. Yeah, and they tended to be the boys who played in the backs. Johnny Eels did for a while for Australia. He did, did he? a bit of place kicking. As, yeah, yeah. As a second row, he did a bit of place kicking. Yeah, the best nickname in sport, Johnny Eels. Oh, um, um, um nobody. nobody, nope, nobody, because nobody's Cause perfect. I know, because you could do everything. I yeah, love that. that is good. Oh, yeah, tremendous. Um, yeah, so I, no, I think I think props and and forwards in general used to do a bit of. Emmy Lewis did a bit of kicking. Um, yeah, but I think when it when it became more of a soccer style, football style, maybe yeah. that's what it was. Although my dad played, I mean, big lads play football as well. So I think it was just a thing that in my dad's generation, you you basically if you caught the ball, you gave it to a back. If you were a forward, you didn't you weren't expected to run with the ball. That wasn't your job. So you were expected to kick the ball. That wasn't your job either. Your job was to win the ball. Emil Lewis would give a drop goal uh, attempt a go. Yeah, he scored a few of the Scarlets. He won a Shrebs Cup with it. He did win a Shrebs Cup for it. But it it shouldn't have stood either. That was the thing. That was controversial. It was a tap free kick, wasn't it? And it didn't go through a phase of play. That's right. It should have gone through a phase first and it didn't. What's the point in that being in my mind? I vividly remember that I was at the game and I wasted brain cells. And I vividly remember them discussing whether we all remember the same awful bit trivia from the late 80s. It should have stood. It was against Cardiff. That's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. He also, it's his kick for Yeyan's try when they beat England 10-9 in 1993 in the Five Nations. So yeah, Emir would kick a bit. I wonder if Connor got another crack the game. Oh, it's near the end of the season now, isn't it? Yeah. Wonder we'll if it'll go at it next year as well. I don't see why so, not. I mean, the guy's got a good strike. He's got a good strike on it. What I love, immediately, I didn't look at what the team was. I just pressed play yeah. on it. And immediately when the phone pans up, I know that it's South Wales. 
because yeah, yeah. the houses, the slope of it, yeah, yeah, and then the yeah. hill in the background. It's great, isn't it? and it's just—it's it, really interesting how you can picture. If you're doing GeoGuessr on this, it's a piece of piss. It is, isn't it? This is from where I'm from. I reckon I'd have got this if I was Ben, and this was GeoGuessr. Yeah, I'd have got within about eight miles of this. Yeah, I would. I would immediately. I'm going valleys. I'm listening to accents, and immediately I'm going Gwent. Gwent valleys. Yeah, yeah, I know where this I'm is. I'm in. He cast us in Wales. Cumcarney. And he texts me the picture from his hotel window and he said, where am I? Yeah. I'm in Wales. And I guessed, and I was within 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Just from the landscape. It's something you don't realise until you're, until you're away from Wales. Can you see big bits? When, when you're somewhere that's flat. Yeah. Isn't it weird just seeing the horizon miles away? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. An un- a, yeah. An uninterrupted horizon that's like 35 miles away. There's yes. not a big It's like when you've got a Norfolk. And you're like, yeah. bloody hell, this is flat. Yeah. Or Alberta. I reckon in the background of that would be Keeper's Pond. Sort of around that pitch. Yeah. Where they are there, I reckon that would be sort of where Kath was doing her training for that um, Merthyr Well, that's Mermaid. right. We parked up there on that thing with Mike Powell, on the classic car thing. Right by the keep by the keeper's pond. It's lovely up there. I think I think it must be sort of lower down by Big Pit down there, I think. Forge side as well. I yeah. love that. That's a, it's a good name, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So what what used to happen here, guys? Abervale the steel men. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's have a bit of it. You know <laughs> the Forge side. The dragons. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that is a part of the country still. And you're from there, uh, Steph. I remember playing for the Wanderers, but if we had a cup match in the in the Gwent Valley against one of the you know, teams a bit further down the divisions or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't, you can't believe, until you, until you drive up the Gwent Valley, how many villages there are. Oh, just that bang, are, that bang, 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 bang. That, that are essentially the same street. Yes. But they'll be fierce rivals as well. Well, you got that you know. bit from uh, the roundabout that goes up past Cross Keys. Abadalari, Kumtalari, Abakan, Kumkan. Yeah, the Abakan, Kumkan. That bit, then up to Newbridge from there. Yeah. You know, Potland Frith. Riska, Pontymister, they're all the different. Fleur de yeah, flower. Tough rugby up there as well. Absolutely proper, proper rugby up there. It's been a Just club gr- since yeah. the eighteen eighties. Forchside. That's great. The seniors have played in the final of the Ivor Jones Cup four times within the last six years and won three cup of those. Keep your Super Bowls. Absolutely. Cup of records. Ivor Jones Cup. Ivor Cup. The Great Sean Turf. <laughs> they won the Welsh uh, Brewers Cup. The they Brewers? were runners up in the Welsh Brewers Cup in eighty seven, eighty eight. That was a great competition. That was. Back in the day, the Welsh Brewers. Because you, you would have the big, you'd have some of the big sides in that as well, and you would have proper cup upsets. They were the best ones, though. Like even as a Newport fan, when we lost to Astra Gunlight, it was brilliant. It was a horrible day as far as being a Newport fan, but you're just like, oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember when Risker played against Swansea once as well. Loads of my mates were playing. St Peter's oh, beat in Cardiff in the uh, yeah. Schweppes Cup. They were good size, St. Peter's. But also, all those club teams used to keep their players in there. I think Gibbsy played in that one against Risker. Fantastic, isn't it? It's like proper stuff. Like, you know, it's like, you know, in the FA Cup, when you see those games, probably further apart than even the Man City, Newport, or whatever. You know, proper, wide apart ones that go non league. Yeah. I just love cup competitions like that, anyway. And if, and if you're from somewhere like. You know, I'm not sure where Ford. Where is? Did say where Fordside is? Fordside is is up line Avonway. Big Pitish, is it? It's. It, it, I think it's spitting distance from Big Pit. Yeah. Not that you should. Oh, this is. Not, this is not. This is not. That. This is not cast aspersions. Yeah. And not to criticise, 
But there won't be an awful lot else to do if you're from there. That rugby club will be the oh, that'll be the heart of there, yeah. the universe. Yeah, and you'll have you'll have, like I said, but I've played games up there when you've played against like three generations in a, in the same team. You'd have a granddad, his son, and his son playing. Yeah. So whoever kicks off, you know. You haven't got a fucking chance. <laughs> you make fucking no chance. You? No. You're, be- you're beating up someone's grandkid in front of you. <laughs> you get your fucking head kicked in. By the whole family, and rightly so. <laughs> yeah, Christ, terrifying places to play rugby. Yeah, that does bring out a different feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. In a fight. You know, he's not your teammate, is it? You know, family. Changed his nappies. <laughs> <laughs> Take your hands off him, I've changed his nappies. Oh, all right, mate, all right. Oh dear, dear, dear! Yeah. That's why it used to be fucking terrifying when it kicked off. Wendell's <laughs> clubs used to play the touring teams. Yes, it was yeah. such a leveler. Like when Newport or Pontypool played New Zealand in 1989, it's just it's just a leveler, isn't it? I saw a clip of Pontypool against Australia from maybe '84 the other day, and yeah, it's just it, that stuff. Regardless of clubs or whatever, that stuff doesn't happen. A proper tour doesn't happen anymore, does it? No. We're international, so the New Zealand don't come over and play Pontypool one week, play the north of England well, the next. They did, though. Play the Midlands. It was a really unique yeah. thing. South of Scotland. It was a really unique thing to rugby union, and it's a great shame that it doesn't happen anymore because obviously it's never, it. never happened in football. You know, France have never played. It was only because it was amateur, I suppose. Yeah. You, know, you could take six weeks off your job and play. 12 games of rugby. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, I've got a programme, Australia played West Wales in at Stradley in the mid-60s, a sort of West Wales combination team. Mm. Yeah, they used to do that quite a bit. So they'd have West Wales, East Wales, then you'd have clubs who combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Neath and Aberavon would combine, yes, which was yes. weird because they were quite fierce rivals. And then I think Abertillery and Cross Keys off the top of my head, but... Yes, Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I think Newbridge used to combine with someone, Ebu Vale, maybe. Around the centenary, yeah, when, when all the different unions were having the centenaries around about the same time, obviously England were first, there were a lot of those sort of games around as yeah, well. I remember, like, I remember England-Wales against Ireland-Scotland. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But so, yeah, so there's O'Connor. I just love it. I just, I just, I just I love the, the look of it. People can't wrap their heads around the fact. If, you, if you're of a North American persuasion, you're used to that really steep pyramid of sport where it's all about spectators. You've got high school games being watched by 20,000 people, college games getting watched by 100,000 people. You know, the NFL, you can't get a ticket anywhere. To see grown men playing on a mountain yeah. in the fucking, in the, in the drizzle, yeah. like some terrace houses behind a pitch. No one watching it. And then a big fella kicking that. <laughs> and have, they'll have a great night there. That'll be a, they'll have a oh, fucking scream. Be a proper night. drink up. Quite jealous. So yeah, at t- tip the at the Connor and Fortrade Rugby Club. Documentary choice for this week. It is my call this time round, and this is from a series on the iPlayer uh, called Legends of Welsh Sport. And this is the story of a horse raised in a Carmarthenshire-based dairy farm uh, that won the Cheltenham Gold Cup in 1990. Farming has been in my family for at least 400 years. Uh, milking cows more or less all my life. Ridden a pony when I was six or seven years old and had horses ever since. Well, I used to enjoy riding them, that's the main thing. The thrill of it is to take a, a couple of hours ride on a horse and go different roads, different paths of the country. I got two boys and 
I bought ponies for them. I kept changing the ponies and they wanted something better, they wanted something bigger. So it all started like that. The very best trainers, they're artists in a way, because you can't ask a horse how it's feeling that day or you can't ask a horse what kind of training it wants to do. So the very best trainers are incredible at understanding horses and not everyone can do that. My biggest training was going up and down these roads, up and down these banks. And I might go to the beach perhaps, perhaps once a fortnight. He used to really enjoy it. Especially, I used to let him get down and roll in the sand after I'd been riding him and he was sweating. Oh, yes, he used to thoroughly enjoy it. I had my eye on this other race. I was a day too late, so there was only one thing left he could run in, and that was the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup is the most prestigious. It is the one that everyone wants to win. To win a Gold Cup, you've got to be really on top of your game. The best horse wins that race, and if you fall short of competing at that level, you probably wouldn't even consider an entry. 100 to 1. He was 100 to 1 anywhere. This is because where he came from, little West Wales farmer. You know, that's what it boils down to. So, for, for all sorts of reasons, it felt silly to not choose this. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the series is really well made. I've seen a few of these now, and I really like they're the really way good. that they're pulled together. The Steve Robinson one is brilliant. Yeah. Have we done the Alan Edmonds one? No, no, we haven't done any I, of these. I, I, I'm going to dibs that for my next one. Okay, cool. I'm a big fan of them. Um, I, I didn't want to look at who'd made them until I'd watched this one, just in case it was mates of okay. mine. And one of my mates, Craig, uh, was involved kind of in the whole series as a producer for the whole thing. Withercombe? Yeah, Craig Withercombe, yeah, yeah. Barry boy? He is a Barry lad, yes. One of the best minds that I've ever worked with, I would say. The really? ability to pull together stories that I know. So I've known the story of Norton's kind for years. But to be able to put it together in a way that's interesting then for an audience and cut sports down to the human level, yeah. if that's not too dismissive of the human level, to bring it back to what people can relate to, that's a great skill to have. And Craig's definitely got that. We've been doing this for 106, 107 episodes. Right? Yeah. We've never done horse racing. No, that's part of the reason why I chose it as well. I don't like I don't like horse racing. racing. Not it, for me. A big part of me doesn't approve of horse racing. Yeah, and yet I found this fascinating, and it brought me to tears. It was a, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant thirty-minute documentary. Craig was the producer on the Feast of Football TV show we did doing the. Was race. he? Yeah, yeah, very. Talented. Oh, there we go. The story is like I said; it's just one that I already knew. I didn't know it. It's not believable until you watch it. No, no, I that you'd think that there are too many gatekeepers in place to stop this from happening. So the headline of it of it is in 1990 Cheltenham Gold Cup, Cheltenham Festival, obviously the biggest festival in horse racing. The Gold Cup, one of the most prestigious races in horse racing, is won by a 100 to 1 outsider from Carmarthen, trained by an amateur, a, a guy who had another job, he was a dairy farmer, in Nantgredig. And his son. I vividly remember. I, and his son. I vividly remember this. Uh, it really fucked the bookies in town because obviously, because <laughs> everyone in command put a few quid on Norton's coins. It was a local horse, and obviously, won at hundred to one. No horse Fuck's had won. Sake. No horse had won at odds greater than thirty-three to one in the history of the race. And still haven't. And still haven't. Well, that was thirty-two years ago. We'll, we'll talk about. I mean, the story itself is is extraordinary. The thing it brought back to me which i completely forgotten as a phenomenon and no longer exists, 
the phenomenon of the celebrity horse. Yes. Desert Orchid was a celebrity horse. I know nothing about horse racing. I don't like horse racing. I couldn't name a horse. I couldn't name a race that Desert Orchid had won, but I know Desert Orchid is. But also, I knew Desert Orchid then. Yeah. I was 10 in 1990. And if you said, can you name a race horse? I'd have gone, yeah, of course, Desert Orchid. Yeah. In the same way that in the 70s you would say Red Rum. Red Rum, yeah. Kelly was 12 and knows nothing about horse racing and very little about sport. I was explaining this. To, she was a doc like. I said, oh, I said, weirdly brilliant. <laughs> I was explaining that. I said, um, I said, well, you know, um, Desert Orchid. She went, yeah, of course, yeah, of course I know Desert Orchid. <laughs> I know. It was like, it was like <laughs> obviously. Of course, of course I know Desert I've Orchid. I've heard of the horse. Because everyone did. There's a statue of Desert Orchid. Which actually looked quite good as far as sport statues go. But it's just, are there celebrities? Have, have, have I just switched off from horse racing to that extent that there are celebrity horses and I don't know them? I think horse racing is probably not as. Um, it's probably more specialist you now, bi- isn't it? Ubiquitous, yeah. yes, thank you. Ubiquitous, yes. thank you. I backed okay. out of trying to find the word. <laughs> just went down a different route. Um, Talk to me. Yeah. Um, but I th- uh, yeah, I think that it, because it's on at the races and stuff like that now rather than. Grandstand. It used to be on TV all the time, yeah. horse racing. All the time. Yes. But like my granddad, because he was into his horse racing, I mentioned on here before, it, it just seemed to be on constantly. It was always on BBC Two. It was always on. Then there was Channel Four racing. Then there was. It was always on World of Sport. It was always on Grandstand. It was always on. There was just racing, racing, racing all the time. There was always stuff on in the daytime. If you're ever home from school in the day, there'd be horse racing on telly. So yes, we're ever in New Desert Orchid. But so I tell you one thing, Al. You're, you're from that neck of the woods. Yes. You spent a bit of time down there with, with S4C. What a strange accent. Well, they didn't have Carmarthenshire farming accents. I... Well, I was going to say because they, they got... it sounded, it sounded like. It sounded like Jethro. It sounded like a Cornish, yeah. Devon slash Cornish to accent me, with a little bit of Welsh. It sounded really a little bit like a South Pembrokeshire accent, which is an accent all on its own. Um, really strange. But I because they both got the same accent. It certainly. The, 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 the I, the, if you if you hadn't told me that they were from Carmarthenshire, if you hadn't told me that they were the Norton's Coins trainers, because I knew that they were mm. from Nantgredig, I never in a million years would have said that they were from Nantgredig, because I know loads of Welsh farmers. Because I thought maybe they'd come from somewhere else, but they've been there for 400 years, you said. They've been farming the same place yeah, for 400 I, years. I just couldn't place it at all, and I couldn't, I've could. i never heard that accent, really. It's really strange, isn't it? It, it? it was a really weird one. I would like to know what the provenance of their accent is, if someone can tell me. Because, yeah, it does sound a little bit Cornish, a little bit West Country, in a, in a bit like that sort of South Pembrokeshire, rural, burr can. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to bring up the Lanska line on this podcast again. Well, I think we should. It did Sometimes sound, we have to. It did sound like an accent from below the Lanska line. I tell you, so if, if you don't know anything about, I, I knew nothing about horse racing or, or, the, or, or how it works before I watched this. So you... You need a license to be a horse trainer. If you're, you can you can train a horse on a on a permit. Yeah. Which means you can only basically train as an amateur, and train family to, to you know to ride horses. People can't send you their horses to train them. Yeah. So he's the he, he, so the dad there, Cyril. Cyril remains the only permit trainer ever to have won a gold cup as well. So yeah. when you look yeah. at like all you know where Desert Orchid would have been trained, it would be. All weather surfaces to run on would have been, you know, people. Mucking I didn't know those. I, I didn't know those places exist. They show that place in Wales where they where they train. Oh, Tim Vaughan's place. Yeah, I've been there. It's lovely. That's an amazing looking place. Oh, absolutely beautiful place. Like treadmills for horses, yeah. and they're, they're all You know, they're all tested, and they they got all sorts of medical stuff there. And there's a huge staff. What I loved about Cyril, 
they went to one of those places where they got treadmills for horses and they're running in pools and all sorts of stuff. And they've got yeah, several yeah. different tracks with different surfaces that they run on. And he said, oh, no, I, w- I would never run on the no, same no, track no. twice with a horse. Galloping. Because they, no, no, they, no. they get bored, like, like people they do. They get know. bored. So I, it's always different. And then You'd I, run it on the beach and let it roll around and cool it down yeah, in the sand. And I'll, and I'll, I'll take him up Plantlooney Mountain and he can ride up Plantlooney Mountain. and then yeah. much, much better then, because you know, it's different, isn't it? It works him out in a different way and it it's, uh, stimulates him in a different way. Yeah, absolutely not doing the same ride twice. And it was like, one of, it was like something... That uh, an amateur boxing trainer would just stumble on. That's actually a yeah. really, really effective way of training. Yeah, because you're going up a mountain and well, you're going across Who was the fella? Uh, one of the very first pods, the, the, that ultra runner from Australia. Scott Jurek. No, the old no, the guy. old fella. Oh, running Cliff. wellies, remember? Cliff. Cliff. Clifford. Yes. This was like the Clifford approach to horse <laughs> training, wasn't it? Let's just do things our own way. Balls for everybody else. Yeah. And then he said, um, so when he, he knew the horse... Had a bit about it, so we got all of Richard Dunwoody again. <laughs> yeah, just Richard Dunwoody. Again, I knew Richard Dunwoody. I, would, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't pick him out of the lineup, but well, I know the name. I, but also, I could name you twenty jockeys from the old days. I, yeah, Richard Dunwoody, Frankie de Tory, Peter Sc- Willie Carson, Peter Scudamore, Peter Scudamore, Willie Carson, Lester um, Piggott, Sure Garner, the celebrity horse. <laughs> so they bring him in. They bring Dunwoody in again, and I knew. I'm like you, Al. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have spotted him, no. but I knew. I knew the name. Another very strange accent. The fuck knows where he got that accent from either. It's like a, like a comedy accent. That just felt like a jockey accent. And then so then he he rode the horse a few times and thought it was all right. But then he gets the the big ride, Desert Orchid. They said they want to. So he said I got got to ride Desert Orchid. I got the chance to. So he, I've heard of it. He then he then phones his mate and says, "Listen, this horse is all right. They they want they're after a jockey. He rocks up, comes dead last in a race a few times, does okay, and then ends up almost by default entering." Well, this is interesting because Cyril says that it was an accident and they just mistimed it and the only thing left to enter was the was the gold cup. Yeah. But the jockey's going, he always wanted to it, put a horse It does sound it. like bollocks. The, yeah. You know, that bit out of everything. And, and then, yeah, they just missed miss, miss the What entries. do you think what a science bookies are? And they said they look at the form, they look at the... They look at the uh, the going, they look at... Exactly. Every, every single thing about it. And they'll, they'll it's a science... For them to put it at 100 to 1, that means they think it's got zero chance of winning. Fucking shit, the horse. Shit. Okay. Your horse is shit, mate. Horse is fucking shit. <laughs> you brought up the cows. Fucking what, shit. When he said he could, he could only run, was it left-handed or right-handed? No, he's, he's the right-handed. I, don't, I mean, again... Don't they run in one direction? <laughs> I don't think he's in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't take that, I remember now. Yeah, I forgot. Evan Howard, looking after the rabbit. Um, yeah. I think he again. It sounds like the bit of I don't know whether he's trying to get a worse um, odds for him, but he he races him on a right-handed race. So go, mm. you imagine like all athletics tracks and horse racing tracks. Well, I, I assumed that all tracks went in the same direction. No, there like are, there are some that go right, and some horses this bends their minds. Oh, okay. As it might to well, an athlete. I've, I've never seen Steve Crabbe well, try and do it. If the you other put way. a 400 meter runner on, on a track that went clockwise, yeah, exactly. Uh, see Michael Johnson I'd try and fucking do it. Blow their mind. <laughs> Absolutely melt his head. Try and do a high jump backwards. <laughs> what from up to down? <laughs> well, I <laughs> start on a crash mat. So you go. <laughs> start on your back on a crash mat. Could do pole vault the other way around, guys. What I love about uh, Cheltenham, yeah, racecourse. Is it? It's got terracing, like the Copper Anfield or the old Stretford End. Mm. 
like with crush barriers, like oh yeah, you can have limbs, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> scenes at Wall Street. Scenes at Wall Street. I liked how spoiler alert when he, when he when he talks about when the horse finally passed away. Yeah, and young for a horse, you know, um, and what not like ridden to death or put down. You know, he, he'd had a he had sort of he a, to his a throat 20, thing, didn't and, he? yeah, twenty one, I think. So he said, I immediately stopped racing him when I knew he, you know, he wasn't up, he wasn't up for it. He didn't thrash him, or you know, and then just I don't know if he called it put it onto pasture with a horse. I don't know, but he just just chilling and enjoying himself and being <laughs> a horse. Chilling, <laughs> whatever they call it, whatever they call horse chilling. He was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shipping cubes and chill, whatever they call it. <laughs> Yeah, but then, so when he passed away, he, he was genuinely upset, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talking about it. Yeah. Like, filled up. That's when I filled up. And then and then the son, they seemed tremendously close bond between the two. Yeah. Because I, th- I think the son knew how upset it had made his dad. And so the horse is buried at the farmhouse there. they got the stone there with a with the memorial on it. I've given farmers a bad press in the past because I tend to think they don't really give a fuck about animals, which I, I only because, hypocritically, mm. right, I eat meat. And I think, well, you know, how can you say you're an animal person if you raise animals to be slaughtered right to be eaten even though i eat meat yeah. which is what makes me makes me a wanker I, I appreciate that right but i'm thinking if if your farmers if your family's been farming for 400 years that's just what that is what you do you know and and, and you see you can you can sort of you can care about those animals you can care about animals and be a farmer and that's the first time they're like weirdly for me and i know i know a dairy farm is slightly different because you, you're not you're, it's not a beef farm a dairy farm yeah and this is a horse but he seemed, but he seemed to genuinely like love yeah. the horse. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. And Do you he, know what I mean? And his son, when his son fills up, and he said, oh, he says something like, "Oh, don't leave this in," or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they did. Just, yeah, which he did. Well, I'm great. Love voice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll keep, cut that. Keep, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep the problem keep, set up. Keep the emotion in, lads. It's good. It's good. Gold does. I'll get bobbins. Yeah. <laughs> They'll make bobbins cry. I just cry when I, when I see things that upset people mm. and then when I see dads and sons or daughters and mums who are that close and if you're a and this is this is I know this is a blanket statement not a lot of farmers that I've ever met have been particularly emotional people right okay they tend to be well they tend to sort of get up at, you know when the sun comes up yes go and work hard all day and then go to bed when the sun goes down so he's up, but they're obviously him and his old man, who by the way look identical. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah, 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 like a time machine. I had no idea who was who when they go back to nineteen ninety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that you then or you now? <laughs> but there's a real bond there with those two. They obviously love that life. There's a bit when they're they're stood there in in Carmarthenshire next to the horse. There's the mountains in the background and everything. I thought, God, if if you, and there's a nice drone shots of the farm as well. If you love the outdoor life, and this is an obvious thing to say. But imagine having their job. You're just doing what you love seven days a week. Yeah. Must be amazing. If that's the lifestyle you've been born into, and then you get this little sort of sidetrack of fame, if you like. The bit where he talks about coming back the night after the... Yeah. So in the night after winning the Gold yeah. Cup. And, you know, it's just lit up with TV cameras. All the local press are down there, and he arrives back. He's like, oh, I just didn't expect it. Didn't expect it to be anybody there. Do you know what I love, though? I watched... I think there's a little bit of it in the documentary, and then I googled it afterwards. The post-race interview he gives to the BBC immediately after Mm. winning. You know, he's a completely amateur racer, uh, amateur trainer. He's only got two other horses. He's a hundred to one. No one thought he was going to win, and he clearly hasn't planned what he's going to say. And he's this, you know, fifty-five-year-old farmer who's never had fame or success. 
he is so giddy in the post-race interview. He's just elated, and he doesn't well, know one what to say. But he's, he's almost like riding the bloke in the crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's rocking on his shoulders as Amazing. he's coming in. Is it, is it Graham, the jockey, who's, who's taken his yeah. flat cap off and thrown it into the crowd? It's the first time I've watched horse racing and thought, oh, I wish I'd have been there for that. Oh, that's never happened before. I've never wanted to be at a horse race. But I, there's something about them being, like when he said Desert Orchid turns up in this you know, super-duper trailer, all, you know, this, and it even looks like a bloody fairy tale. This this grey gets out, almost white. Yeah, like a Disney immaculate, horse. Immaculate-looking horse, yeah, like yeah. something like Frozen gets out. You know, yeah. Right? And then this fucking Ivor Williams trailer comes in. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> With Norton's coin on it. I tell, We talked about last year about Morris Flickcroft, the golfer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I said, God, that'll make a great film. And then, and then of course, maybe two years ago now, yeah. early days, and they made that Phantom of the Open. I was thinking, God, I've missed a trick there. This would be a bloody, this would be a hell of a film. Wouldn't this be a brilliant film? Let's date stamp this Hang bastard. On. I mean, Let's have a look. I bet, that, I, bet, I bet you any money it's in fucking pre-production. Of course it will be. Craig's probably fucking doing it. <laughs> I keep getting fucked over. I keep getting fucked over by people having the same idea what, as me before. I was going to do one about that. <laughs> it's not being fucked over, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you're always fucking me over by coming up with the idea. I came, I came up with the idea of cars. And they fucking already, someone already fucking done it. No, but come Fuck on. Over, Mr. God. Ford. I've done it. The printing press. <laughs> It'll be so useful. Caxton, you cunt. <laughs> Spell this, mate. I got four letters for your fucking type, you are. This. Chuck those in back to front and upside down. <laughs> I tell you what, there is. Is it? Which is, is, it, is it? There isn't a film about Norton's going. There's a there's a film right. about Dream Alliance, which was a racehorse bred by a small town uh, Welsh bartender. So the the Welsh horse no. uh, scene may well have been taken. I don't care. Okay, wins the Welsh national. Do it with day stamp in this. Okay. That's nothing. Okay, this is the Chapman Gold Cup, mate. This is, this is box office. We can do this. Right? I'm I'm doing this. I'm making the film. What are we going to call it? Norton's Coin. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> We've been through a lot of meetings about this. Yeah. <laughs> Just the first slide on your PowerPoint. Yeah. Norton's yeah. Coin. Second slide. The movie. Third slide. <laughs> this film will tell the story of Norton's Coin. <laughs> <laughs> we had a meeting the other day right, in, the BB, in, the, in the BBC about Mammoth, right? I can tell you this much. Okay. So my mate, Luke, who's a producer, came down. There's a fellow called Paul that I'm writing with. Okay. He came down. They bought their laptops, all the gear. We'd booked out the BB, a, a room in the BBC yeah. down in Villa Cardiff yeah. for the day. Yeah, lovely. They came round to the room. They hooked us up so everything was wirelessly connected to the new, Love it. the big TV in the room. You know, it's all posh these days. Isn't it, down there? It's all lovely. Yeah. I said, oh, fuck, I haven't got any yet. I said, we've got a bit of paper. They said, oh, we haven't. So we well, you just write in the back of a script. I said, yeah, good idea. I said, have you got a pen? I said, yeah, we've got a pen. So, so I had a pen in the back of the script. Right? So we were there from like 10 till 5. By the end of it, I'd written down episode 1, episode 2, episode 3, episode, episode 6, right? Yeah. On the, and that was it, right? Mike. So, so Luke just went, he just laughed. He went, is that it? I went, yeah. Yeah, he said. He said, "I'm keeping this. So <laughs> this is what we got. <laughs> I'm keeping this. This is Exhibit A. But yeah, I'm an ideas person, but um, <laughs> not sometimes. many. The the other, yeah, yeah, an idea person. <laughs> so the other one before was that Mo Norman. Remember the golfer? Yes, yeah, yeah. Ages yeah. ago, I picked. The, I thought that'd be a, that'd be a hell of a story. That I said, you know, I'll, I'll look into this. 
Googled it. Fucking Wayne Gretzky's company's making it. It's in pre-production. Fuck's sake. Phantom of the Open, bang. They've made it. Yeah. And now... The crucial difference. Norton's coined the movie. Yeah. We've got Could the idea. You, Craig, if you're listening... Will we make it? <laughs> we need more PowerPoint slides. Craig, help us. <laughs> we, we all in it. L, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, L, you look like a jockey. You, you got, you're got. the jockey. You'd be a good jockey. Yeah, yeah. I can play Norton's coins. <laughs> 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 like in rent a ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a shit show oh, that was. <laughs> so many fucking sneezed and disappeared. If your mansion house needs haunting, just call rent a ghost. <laughs> I love that. And I'll just play. Um, I'll yeah, play Cyril. And his, and his son. And his son. Yeah, be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it as a story. I think it's just a beautiful oh, thing. Oh, it's a wicked story. It's beautiful. It's There's that. Who's the woman on there who's. Talks very. That's Ali Vance. She made race horse racing sound accessible and make yeah. it sound yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think my experience of it as a kid was horrible. He was going to my granddad's house as a little kid, and because he was, he was, he like he'd bet every day. Always had the racing on, and we couldn't turn the TV over. Like, there was nothing else to do in Mount Nana Nana house. So if the racing was on, that was it. We couldn't touch a telly. Just sit there being bored watching bloody horse racing. Couldn't stand it. I think that's. It is uh, a really dull sport. If there's nothing in it for the casual observer, I don't think. So you, you've no, either... if you're not a gambler, or yeah. it's not just something you bloody love. He didn't even bet on the horse, Cyril. He didn't even bet on it. What he claims. But really, <laughs> really, because it feels like you managed to get the odds pushed out quite a long way here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One really good season, and then we're the shit one just before you go into the Gold Cup. <laughs> no wonder. Just before he built his new farm, also, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's, do you know what? How they pack that much into half an hour is is impressive. Yeah, but the stylistics of it are really good. So yeah. the the way the sort of text takes you through the story works really well. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, nice. it looks. If I was to tell you that there is a horse racing documentary that you have to watch that was made by BBC Wales, you'd probably not have responded to any of my texts. I would never have watched this. No, no, me. Off my own back. Yeah. That's one thing I thought, actually, at the end of it. I thought, I love this podcast because I never would have watched this. And I absolutely love it. Dozens of things I would never have watched. Yeah. And this is one of them. I really enjoyed it. Right. This is the time where we head into the world of Spotify Extra and Patreon. That means that those of you who are not in it, you are about to just have an ad break and then a really good book review. Okay, this isn't yeah. the end of the content. Some people get confused when we do this bit and they think, oh, it's the end of the pod. Oh, this, this is still on, it's still on. And there's still more content. They think they're getting the Patreon bit. You're not, you're just getting a book review. There's a whole round eclipse, a whole second half of the podcast mm. that you don't receive. If you'd like to, by the way, oh, go on. no, I was just going to say before you, I'll step, I'll step out of my um, my my nasty persona for once, right? A couple of people got in touch with the Facebook Patreon page and that, or got, not got in touch, but but were very honest about um, it is a shit time for some people at the moment. We understand that cost of living and fuel and everything else, and it's all a bit weird. What we're not, I think I can speak of the three of us. What we're not about is is asking people who haven't got. I'd like no, to. But I'd like I, say that on this occasion, yes, is, is yeah. where I stand on the. I'd like to. I think I can speak I, for I the three think, of I us. Don't think, I, I don't think any of us. Yeah. I know this. This is our job, and this is what we do to pay the bills, and this is this is you know, this is what we do for a living. Yeah. But 
none of us want to put people in in a in a bad situation. The people who have been patrons that are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, then, I said to one guy this week, you just, said straight away, mate. Fair just send me a, send me a message if you if you're on that Patreon uh, Facebook group and you can't do it anymore. I said, just send me a message. We'll work something out. What I've got a problem with is the people who who, who can do it and choose not to. <laughs> so okay, so we're going to get into rich people. Uh, no, I just think you know, it, it, I I wouldn't for a second want someone to put this in front of more important things if they. The things they need to do, I hundred percent sympathise. Then we'll help with you. We'll help with that as much as we can. Yeah. And then as soon as that was, we got such a lovely bunch of. I generally filled up earlier looking at the Patreon Facebook page. Oh, go on. Where people immediately offering to help out, pay people's subscription from. Uh, oh, is it? Or, or chip in for yeah. it. Oh, that's nice. They, and then one of the listeners, one of the patrons, has set up a little sort of uh, like a not like a just given type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where where patrons can help out people who maybe. A, Struggling with with the payments at the moment. That's cool. On, within mate, within about ten minutes, yeah. they'd made seven hundred quid. Fucking hell, you should get in charge of our stuff. <laughs> no, but what that's I lovely. Yeah. What a lovely bunch of people. I mean, genuinely, I was genuinely touched by that. So that's very cool. Yeah, you, you're good. You're good people. There's a gang of nice people you can join. That's yeah. lovely. Oh, nice. That's yeah. that's why I didn't know about that. That's very very cool. Um, if you do want to join. And like like Mike said, I don't want to push it this like the next few months really because you know times are shit. Um, Patreon dot com slash distantpod is where it is, and if you go to Spotify Extra and search for uh, if you go to Spotify rather and search for the Social Distance Sports Bar Extra, you can find it on there as well. Okay, uh, so dig 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 deep, dig deep, dig deep. I mean, you can always always set fire to your carpets and warm up. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Carrot <and> stick. I <laughs> know you are. Joke. Um, but what you can do is listen to the advert. Just this next advert now, right, before the book review. If you listen to that, that'll get me 0.2p or something like that. <laughs> Straight into my pocket, that'll be. Or get three mates to listen to it. And That's that put 0.6p. 0.6p, I'm getting close to a penny, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Which divided by three is 0.2p. Exactly. Oh, the ones who, the, the ones <laughs> who are still started. paying it. Yeah. I really appreciate it because I know it's not that easy to move. Righty, you're back from your ad break or you are back from the second round of clips. We were all back together. It's like the kids yeah. have gone out to Sunday school and they've come back. Yeah. Kind of. It's not, is it? Yeah, yeah. Although I didn't go to Sunday school. No? Banned? Well, fair, play to, fair play to my nan. When I got to an age where I didn't want to go to Sunday school anymore, she never made me go to Sunday school. Really? Even though she was one of the Sunday school teachers, that's nice. Of I just stay, stay with my grandpa and watch uh, watch a snooker. <laughs> that's, that's, and she probably a better education in a way. And she she'd go to Sunday school with my sister, and then my sister stopped going as well. I did. So you know, my, I did. You went, made me did go. Yeah. So I was about yeah. fourteen. Made you go? Yeah. Fourteen. I mean, I didn't have to go. I was fourteen, but yeah. All right. Thirteen. Thirteen. I mean, ten. I mean, ten. She made you go at fourteen. You'd have been underground under the years, got mate. I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she probably made that argument as well. <laughs> this feels like a flashback. <laughs> no, certainly, yeah. I mean, I was certainly in secondary school. I think when I started. Yeah, going. I would have been. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. No. I, I'd have loved to have been cool, but. Uh, yeah. Was I it? wasn't. Just cool. wasn't. I, I just didn't want to go to. Didn't want to go to church. I wanted to be un- uncool at home. Thank you. <laughs> I want to watch snooker, actually. I wouldn't even wear shorts back in the day. 
That's our, that's our one. Did you have to yeah, wear shorts to Sunday it. school, Mike? I can understand why you didn't want to go anymore. Didn't, didn't everybody? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't like my... I, I, I never... I think I've mentioned before, I, I, I just go to my nan's house to play swing ball in the summer holidays because that's the only place where I wear shorts. Why wouldn't you wear shorts? I didn't like, didn't, didn't like people seeing my legs. Fair enough. Outside of a, like a football or rugby, you know, situation. And now I love getting my legs out. Yeah. I'll get them out with the drop of a hat. Drop of a trouser. <laughs> Literally the drop of a trouser that they're out. Uh, you were talking about your tour dates on the Patreon version. Oh, yeah. So these are, this is everyone now, isn't it? So if you want to come along and, uh, and watch me uh, on a stand-up tour, the uh, tour's called Throwback. And, it, yeah, all the venues will be on uh, MikeBubbins.com on the website there. So, yeah, come on. Do you run that yourself? Get the HTML? Yeah, the, 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 the website? The website. Yeah. Um, no, 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 I, no. Andy, my agent, filled a lot of the blanks in for me. That's a shame. I mean, it, it looks good. I, I've designed it myself okay. originally. I would like to have seen ago. a website run by you. Well, if you about two weeks ago, you could have seen one. That, it was completely <laughs> devoid of information. <laughs> Driving you to gigs from 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our arena gig, we keep getting a lot of questions about this. Come on. So, we've been offered a lot of dates. There's always one significant problem. There's sporty shit on. Yeah. So, um, it shouldn't concern us because you know. or the middle of the week, or they're or they're right next. Yeah, to Yeah, like literally Christmas Eve. <laughs> so, I, well, I yeah. think the one that's in at the moment for you guys is the default changer. Is the I think it's the fourteenth of December. Don't don't book any hotels, okay? That's it's really really unlikely we're doing that. From, uh, we got offered one which is going to be the same. It's a holding date. It's a, that we... Basically, if we don't have a date in there, then something bad happens and we can never play the International Arena in Cardiff again, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't want to do that because we want to do the gig. But we also don't want to do it the same day as Wales-Australia or the same day yeah. that Wales might play England in the World Cup because that would be stupid yeah. and unplayable, crucially. <laughs> And not really on a Wednesday. No, no, when, I want to have a I want to have a beer afterwards, well, and so does everyone else. Yeah, exactly. We we don't want you to have to travel midweek and take a day off or two days off work, because that would be stupid as well. And not so on Christmas Eve. We will find because, you know that would be absolutely me- <laughs> that would be insane. But it's a suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what we're going to do, but it's definitely it was in a conversation. So we're trying to find a date that will work. Okay. I'll be honest with you, the likelihood is January 2023. Because mm. I don't think anything's going to work this year. Which sounds like a stupid sentence. Yeah, yeah. Good for my tour, though, because I can plug the tour as well. Oh, fuck's sake. The month before the That'd tour. That'd be good. We can give more flyers. Can I fly her, out, can I fly her outside? Yeah, you afterwards? can fly her outside before. Fuck it. Do it as... Go on, just stand out there like that as people come in. Yeah, um, So more than likely we're looking at January, I would say. Oh, uh, do you know what I had in the post this morning? No. Admiral Distant Pod... Oh, oh fucking no. football kit! I'm not just saying that this is not sales. You should you put that on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, that new design that I haven't seen yet looks stunning. It does. I tried it on this morning. It looks ace. Oh, I'm going to wear it when we do the BT Sport one. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to wear that one. I like that one. Well, I might wear my one then. There I we go. With the seventy-eight one. There we go. I think if we stagger them throughout the series, they won't notice. Yeah, be fine. A little bit of uh, reckon. Yeah, why not? Be fine. Yeah. Be fine. Yeah. No, no one will mention it. It'll be cool. Yeah. Just don't mention what they are. It's all good. Yeah. They'll all be gone by then anyway. So, 
hopefully, as I said with the tracksuit top the other day, hopefully I haven't ordered just three of these things. I think I pressed the right button and it's the more... The tracksuit top's lovely. The tracksuit top is lovely. The new designed kit is lovely. We will have the two previous designs back in stock as well. Do you know what? We're not just saying this. We're not making a lot of money on these because the quality of them is... Well, if, you, if people got one, no, anyway. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to make stuff that was nice, and that's why we did we it with Avril. We could have, yeah, we could have made them. We could have well, made shit versions. It's quite easy to make a knockoff version of something that hasn't got yeah. the Admiral logo on it and it isn't made by the Admiral guys, so it's not yeah. as nice, and that's perfectly doable. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to wear it. No. That was my idea. <laughs> yeah, Ellis, Ellis was perfectly happy with not wearing it. He doesn't wear these, so he's quite happy with theoretically making more money. <laughs> But we're not doing that. So it is lovely, kit, mate. As soon as they are on sale, uh, we will bang an email out. If you want to follow our, our email, go to distantpod.com, and you can find a link there to follow us on email, and we'll ping you out an email as and when they land. Uh, L, it is your turn on the book choice for this week. Well, it's my first novel for ages and ages and ages. Ooh, bit of fiction. But it's a novel that Mike and Steph will know because it was turned into a film that we did on Michael Owen's Movie Club. How how little you respect us. No, it's Fat City. It's a novel these two will do. No, it's it's Fat City by Leonard Gardner, which was published in 1969. It was his only novel, interestingly. Um, It's one of those books that's become more famous as... Time has worn on. I love the film. The film is the film is absolutely brilliant, and the novel's really good as well. So it's about it's set in um, Stockton in California, and it's about uh, a sort of journeyman boxer called Billy Tully, um, and he ends up uh, coaching a young kid who, in the film, is played by is it Bridges. Yes, no, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it's re- it's 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 relatively short actually. It's only about 180 pages. I was looking at my copy this morning. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> but it's 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 quite a bleak, unremitting glimpse at boxing at that level. But it's a really really great read. It's um it's tragic. It's, it's certainly a, a tragic novel. It's so gritty, and it's so different from my life. <laughs> I loved every page. So yeah, I really, really recommend it. The film you can watch on Amazon, and if you're not a patron and you don't listen to Michael Owen's Movie Club, we discussed it at length. I think it's one of the better films we've done on Michael Owen's Movie Club. Actually, it's one of I my really favorite films. It, yeah. It's um, it's not a particularly famous film, but it's really, really, really good. It's, it's brilliant. Not fucking mighty ducks. It's, it's a brilliant. <laughs> it's a brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant period piece. The film, and I think the novel is as well. So that's Fat City by Leonard Gardner. Nice. So on that vibe, next week, well this week, as you're listening to this, we are filming our BT Sports show. Uh, it's going to be called Down the Clubhouse, and I think it is in August, is that right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, sure. Pretty we'll sure when the football, the football season. season starts, we'll be on there, but we're recording them all this week. Um, so we're not going to be doing a regular episode next week, just give you a heads up on that. It's going to be the best of Mike Lowen's movie club. Very little fucking movie in there, if I'm honest. Mm. In the best of, in the in the same way, very little sport in most of our episodes. So, mm. best of Michael Owen's movie club. Uh, little bit of a teaser for you guys who are always wondering what it is, what it's about, and whether it's any good, crucially as well. So, have a listen to it. Uh, if you are a Patreon, then you'll be getting something a little extra as well. 
mm-hmm. via your normal ways of getting it. Uh, but yeah, just want to give you a heads up. There's not a regular episode next week, uh, but normal service will be resumed in two weeks' time. Thank <laughs> you.